And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. What an absolute toot. Uh, feel the hype, spread the hype, etc. If you're feeling hype and you're not spreading it, have a look at yourself. Have a goddamn look at yourself. Uh, but this episode is a special one. As always, brought to you by VM Apparel. Fantastic party shirts. If you want to look better, I don't know how much more blatant I have to be. You get yourself a VM Apparel shirt and uh, and just get out there and uh, get in the mix, get around the mix, stir it up, throw it out, new pot, stir it again. You know what I mean? And that is a metaphor uh, for life. So take that and run with it. Now, uh, also my 2020 Anxiously Arrogant Tour is on sale now. Get around it. I'm going to Adelaide. I'm going to Perth, then Adelaide, then Melbourne, then Sydney, then Brisbane and Canberra. Uh, Perth in February. Tickets in my Instagram bio. Adelaide tickets for March in the Adelaide Fringe website. And I'm uh, sure Melbourne and Sydney will be on sale soon. That's in April. So treat yourself, treat yourself, treat yourself, and just get out there and support the arts. You know what I mean? I'm flying the flag. I'm a I'm a renegade. I'm a I'm a communist. I'm all of the above. So just uh, just get in there and uh, come see this uh, guerrilla fighter in action on stage. I'm simply an absolute treat. Bring your girlfriend, whatever. Uh, so this episode is a best of 2019. So I've just got all the best riffs from 2019. A lot of people sent in what uh, what they wanted on the pod, and I've done my best to put those in. And so it's just a collection of uh, my favorite riffs and, and some of the listeners' favorite riffs from the year we've had. And what a year it's been. The ups, the ups, and the ups, you know? So it, it'll just jump around from riff to riff. Um, I didn't put any, like, segues or transitions, so it's just nonstop unadulterated, full-on, as good as it gets, Woolworth Select band. Uh, so just enjoy uh, enjoy the best of, and uh, the pod will be rolling on into 2020. So I'll catch you then. Enjoy the show. What is this trend of people needing to watch the most intense shit available in their downtime? I'll tell you what I watch in my downtime. How I Met Your Mother. I've seen it six times before, every fucking episode. And you know what? I'm sitting there watching it brain dead. Okay? Literally relaxing. Because when I'm watching TV, that's what it is. I'm relaxing. I don't need to step out of my life and jump into a more intense version of my life. Okay? I need to shift down a gear. People come home from a fucking nine-hour workday and go, fuck, I I I need to chill out. Let's chuck on Ted Bundy. Let's let's see what this. Let's see how this bloke hacked to death all these people, and did all this weird shit to them because it's a Tuesday night and I need to unwind. Like what? Go? How fucking twisted is our society becoming? You know, oh man, I. Zac Efron is playing Ted Bundy in an upcoming movie. Zac Efron. Now, if you don't think there's something sexual about all this murder and all these fantasies and stuff, you're clearly wrong because they've got the, the, the sexual icon of Zac Efron to play Ted Bundy. There's something going on with women fantasizing about murderers. I'm, it's becoming very clear. These shows are way too popular. I think there's a, there's a Manson one coming out soon as well. And it's like, 
like I turn on Breaking Bad and I'm like, fuck, this is, you know, this is a good watch, but it's not real. Maybe it was real. Was Breaking Bad real? I think it was based on something real. Was it? You can never tell. You can never tell with HBO because they're always pushing the limits. Um, but it's like it's like you you want to come home and to unwind. You don't want to watch a TV show. You want to watch a documentary about serial killers. Do you know what I mean like? So you pour a glass of wine. You're like, oh, time to chill out. Let's see how Ted got his seventeenth victim. God, I've been looking forward to this all day. You know, Linda from Accounts was just rap, rap, rap. Need that report. Need that report. I thought, fuck, I can't wait to get home and just chill out to the sweet sounds of Ted Bundy hacking up some chick's body. What is going on with society? Because there's some something fucking weird happening here where people are into this shit, okay? I don't know. To me, not a relaxing time. Like I said, I need... How many your mother? Brain dead. I'm enjoying it. It's just enjoyment. You know, once a season, I cry. Whatever, man. Ted told Robin he loved her. She didn't reciprocate. I fucking cried. That's chilling out, okay? I'm not sitting there with a fucking semi-mongrel thinking, fuck, murder's pretty fucking cool, hey? Just fucking vibrating on my couch going, oh, man, I wonder what I'd do. I wonder what I'd fucking do if someone pushed me that far, you know? Like, I think this is what happens when people just... <laughs> get too boxed into their little lives, you know, like fucking fill out the next report, got to buy a house, got to buy a house, fill out the next report, oh, marry Linda, you don't love her, who cares, get a house, got to get the house, Linda wants kids, I hate kids, we've got four kids, oh fuck, can't afford the mortgage, next thing you know, you're driving Linda's body out to some paddock, going fuck, I wonder, this is how it feels, hey, I'm fucking alive, so... Surely some psychologist has looked into this shit because five years ago, no one was watching... Well, five years ago they were, but I swear when I was a kid, people weren't watching serial killers. We were watching McLeod's Daughters, you know? I remember Supernatural was on, and that was like, whoa, you know? Fucking Black Betty, the chick in the mirror, whatever her name is, Mary. Bloody Mary or whatever. Man, I'm still scared of mirrors because of that shit. You know, the supernatural boys fighting demons, that was as tough as it got, and it was all it's all fucking made up and it was terrifying. Now people are there with their fucking glass of wine on a Tuesday night, listening to Ted go, I like to stack the bodies up, you know, nice and neat. Chop their heads off with axes. And everyone's okay with this? Just what we're doing now? I was at the shops the other day. Pretty pretty uh, shameful purchase. I picked up some pizza pockets. I just thought, you know, a bit of nostalgia. The pizza pockets, it's like the little, I don't know, ball of dough with pizza stuff in it, like ham and cheese and that. Is it horrific for you? Yes. Is it a sign of where your self-esteem's at? Fuck yeah, it is. Sort your life out if you're eating pizza pockets. But I hadn't had them since high school, and they were on special for $4. Down, down from $7.50. Now, that's almost half price. Now, like I said, George is more the maths freak, but I know a good deal when I see one. And I was like, uh, I think I had a bad day. Probably not. Probably, I'm just trying to build up some sympathy for why I was eating these absolute abominations. So I pick up these pizza pockets and I get to the self-serve counter 
And I must have swung through the dairy aisle because I had egg on my face. I, I scanned these things, $7.50. Now, if you recall, the other reason I bought these son bitches... <laughs> I'm never saying that again. The other reason I bought these fucking pizza pockets is because they were half price. Now, I've scanned them, full price, egg on my face. Someone's cracked half a dozen eggs over my face. And do you know what? I go, do you know what? Just cop it. Just cop it. And then something inside me goes, not today. Not today. And I called the attendant over. You better believe I called the attendant over. I said, excuse me, there's been a mistake. These were half price. She, she looks at me like, really? And I look back at her, really? Okay, I'm not playing full price for something that's going to go straight to my main artery and clog it up, Okay. When I'm getting resuscitated after this meal, I want to know that my bank account is at least in good order. So she goes, oh, okay, I'll go do a price check. She gets like the manager. The manager goes and does a price check and is gone for like 10 minutes. I can only assume she's just doing laps of the shop just to piss me off for being so petty about the pizza pockets. And I honestly was thinking, fuck this, I'm leaving. But then that inner, that inner courage once again. That lion within stood up and said, not today, not today. And I held my ground and I waited. The The floor was tiles, but I, I fucking dug my heels in. If it was a soil-based floor, my heels would be fucking a couple of inches below the surface. And she eventually comes back and she's, she goes, that one is actually full price. It was the one next to it that was half price. The cheese and garlic. You've got ham and cheese, which is still full price. Crack the rest of that dozen of eggs all over my face. I'm like, fuck, this is so embarrassing. This is all I'm buying as well, just the pizza pockets. This is so fucking embarrassing right now. And she goes, do you still want the pizza pockets? I'm thinking, of course cheese and garlic is half price. That sounds fucking horrific. Ham and cheese, that's the flavor we want. That's what the people want. So she goes, do you still want the pizza pockets? And I go, and she looks at me like, dude, just walk away. And I go, yeah, I don't want them. Actually, I'll just give it a miss. And I left there with no food for dinner that night. With my tail between my legs. Fuck, it was embarrassing. Do you know how embarrassing it is to walk into a Woolies, purchase only pizza pockets, kick up a fuss because they're, they're not, they're not, they're $7 instead of 4 and then get told you can't even read a fucking sign. You can't even read a sign that says how much something is. And then have to admit that that's too expensive for you. Could I have purchased the pizza pockets at seven fifty? Absolutely. On principle, no fucking way. No way in hell. And I've never, I've not bought pizza pockets since. This was a couple of weeks ago. And I, I walk past them now and just think, do you know what? One nil pizza pockets, but I'm stronger and I'm wiser for it. And I haven't made a mistake since. I've been, I haven't been eating fucking pizza pockets either. No good for the rig. No good. So that was, that was embarrassing. I guess I could give myself Pelican of the Week for that, really. Pelican of the Week, me for... I'll tell you what, Pelican of the Week, I'll cop Pelican of the Week for even wanting to buy pizza pockets in the first place. How about you grow up? Then everything else that happened after... Also, this is the Woolworths at the shopping center where I work at. 
So I have to see these people every day. And they know, they're like, that. that's the pizza pocket guy. That's the fucking guy, man. I don't know what they're paying him at his job. Seven fifty. He couldn't afford that, so it can't be too much. Dude, the eye contact these people give me, it's menacing. It was like, uh, Isaac Butterfield, I opened for him when he filmed his special. Uh, he's very very famous now. He's got, I think, almost 900,000 YouTube subscribers or something. Sold out this big theater twice in one night. And I was opening for him and it was sick because they were filming his special with like 12 cameras. It was all like 4K, like Netflix level stuff. I'm thinking, fuck. So I got, I, like, this is such a great opportunity. I get five minutes to get filmed at like the best possible standard of filming there is. Anyway, so basically it was another guy was opening, then he was going to bring me on. And then, and then after that, um, Isaac was going to come on, I think, or maybe another opener. And, um, the guy who was opening the show had to bring me on. So he had to say, you know, thanks guys. Anyway, your next act is Billy Darcy. Pretty simple. Hey, is that simple? Yeah, it's super simple. And he doesn't do that. He just goes, he just goes, all right, thanks guys. And, and walks off. So I'm side of stage of this theater and I'm looking at him going like, like mouthing and pointing to the mic, like you're supposed to bring me on. And he do, he just goes, oh fuck. And just walks past me. So now I'm supposed to go on. There's 500 people out there waiting for the next comedian. So I just w- walked on to complete silence. Just thought, fuck it. Here we, here comes big bill, you know? Walk on to complete silence and um, tried to do a bit of my trademark riffing to get my way out of it. Nah, <laughs> nah, <laughs> they weren't into that. Uh, I think they thought I was just like a sound guy or something. I was wearing a black t-shirt and I just started doing stand-up and everyone was like confused and my opener got like complete silence and I'm like, here we go. Here we fucking go. You know, it's like, because you know when you're sort of looking down the barrel of a bomb, but there's a different feeling when it's like a big gig. Like, I, I don't think I've ever really bombed a big... What's the largest number of people? I mean, before this, of course. Um, uh, yeah, I think probably the m- most I've bombed in front of... I've had like kind of roughish sets. I don't know, like not amazing sets in front of like 300 people. Whatever happens. Um, but yeah, this was 500. So this, I'm, I, I wasn't even like scared. It was more just a feeling of, well, this is happening. This is happening, isn't it? This is something that's happening in my life right now. I'm standing in front of 500 people and it's, it's not looking good. And anyway, so I do my, I tried to do that trademark riffing at the start. Nothing. I do my opener, my opening joke, my trusty Westfield opener nothing you're getting nothing you're getting silence silence i was getting so much silence it was like it was like a few laughs but it was like maybe 20 people laughing you're like oh 20 that's not bad but it's like out of 500 that's pretty bad do the maths on that it's not good and then i sort of clawed my way back from there and sort of went ended up going pretty good for the second half of the set but for the first half i was definitely not going well and uh uh, uh, so frustrating. I was furious afterwards. I was like proper furious, but, but I didn't want to like, uh, let it out. Cause I didn't know any, I didn't really, I'd only met Isaac that night. Uh, he's a, he's a legend and, um, I didn't really know anyone else. So I didn't want to like come off as a psycho. Um, so the guy was like, oh man, sorry. Uh, 
sorry about that, brother. Like, you know, whatever. And I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> like the guy who was supposed to bring me up was like, oh, sorry about that. And I was like, all good, buddy. <laughs> all good. Happens, hey? Happens. And he's like, are you mad? And then I was like, yeah, I am fucking mad. And he was like, are you serious? I was like, nah, 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 just kidding, just kidding. I had to like kind of pull it back. I was like, I was like, nah, man, all good. All good, brother. Five minutes in front of 500 people. Extremely rare opportunity to get five minutes of stand-up filmed at fucking Netflix standard filming. All good, brother. I'm, I'm so sorry, man. I'm out of high fives. <laughs> I used up all my high fives. <laughs> Can I hug you? Can I buy you a beer? So I was furious. Fucking furious. Um, but I mean, what can you do? What can you do? And it was still cool. It was still a mad opportunity. It was nice to meet everyone. But uh, speaking of racism, what are the bloody Chinese up to? Am I right? <laughs> no, but I saw this story actually. China's in the news yet again. And uh, don't worry, I famously stay away from the issues. But on this podcast, we get candid. We do get candid. I saw this thing in the news the other day. Uh, there's the Australian swimmer, Mac Horton. And I hadn't really heard of this bloke before because he's a swimmer and it's not a real sport. Now, I like, I like athletes and people who play sport. And this guy is neither one of those things. So, so that's why I hadn't heard of him because swimming's not a real sport. Sw- swimming's for people who were born with big shoulders And then in in kindergarten, someone threw him a tennis ball and it just hit him in the face. They were like, what the hell was that? And we were like, get in the pool. You know, you've got some good genetics, but being cool and and sort of being a sporty guy, it's not for you. It's not for you. So get in the pool and uh, do the butterfly or some shit. So anyway, this Mac Horton guy, apparently he's actually one of the best swimmers we've got. And just like tennis players, tennis is a real sport. I I do love tennis. But, um, you know, tennis players, we are, as a nation, we only care about three tennis players at any one time. And as if you recall, on the podcast, uh, a few podcasts ago, I tried to name them, and I could only get as far as two that we actually give a fuck about. Now, swimmers is probably even less so, because I would argue we haven't really given a shit since Thorpey. Okay? Now... And Thorpey's really... I don't know what Thorpey was thinking because the only people who who like swimming are like old, boring people. And then Thorpey came out as gay. So you've, you've lost them. You've lost them. I mean, Jesus Christ, Thorpey, know your demographic. The only people who watch swimming are old, conservative Christians because they literally have nothing else in this world to sort of get them entertained. And then, Thor- and then Thorpey's come out as gay. So I, I don't know about that, Thorpey. But also, you know, breaking down boundaries. Love your work. This is why I don't, I don't go near the issues. What was that? But anyway, this Mac Horton guy, outstanding swimmer. He came second to Sun Yang, this Chinese swimmer who uh, has been done for roids before. Now, he refused to stand on the podium with him because uh, because the guy's a drug cheat. And apparently the, the last drug test um, Sun Yang took, he just like destroyed the vial of blood he gave so they couldn't test it. Because it was like contaminated because it hit the floor. So this guy's like just a known drug cheat. A known drug cheat. And Mac Horton's getting beaten by this guy. Even though everyone knows he's a cheat, you know? What is this whole thing of like, you get done for being a drug cheat and you get like three months. You get like a three month ban. Ban for life. Ban for life, okay? You've already won the genetic lottery. And you, you got greedy, okay? The fact we even let swimmers make a living off what is 
for the fourth time not a sport is, like, you're lucky enough, all right? This is the Make-A-Wish Foundation of sports. You know, like, you think you're all up there on the on the freaking... The, the boards you jump in off? No. Nah, the boards they jump in the water from. They're up on those things. Wearing goggles? Dude, I, I'm sorry, but if you think if you think you can slap on a pair of goggles in 2019 and still and still have the respect of uh, of this great nation, you're wrong. You're simply wrong. And I don't. Uh, you go to any educational uh, sort of institution in Australia, and they will say the relationship between goggles and uh, and society's respect. They're they are parallel lines, man. They're never um they're never meeting up, you know. But anyway, so we got this guy. He's an absolute drug cheat. This Chinese guy. Now, Mac Horton refused to get on the podium with him because because of how corrupt the sport is, and and, and the fact this Sun guy is still out to still out to fucking uh, swim, even though everyone knows he's a he's a drug guy. And I got to say, is anyone else getting Rocky Four vibes from this underdog with heaps of heart up against some freaking roided up machine from a communist country, dude? Somebody play Hearts of Fire. Am I right? Somebody give me a montage of Mac Horton swimming up and down with Hearts of Fire playing immediately. And then and then quickly pan to this, this Chinese guy just shooting up, you know? That's freaking awesome, man. Something about... Uh, for some reason, communists, they uh, the only thing they want more than uh, world domination is sporting glory. And I don't know why. I don't know enough about the uh, political ideology, but... Communists love sport, and the only thing they want to invade more than your country is the fucking podium. Okay, these guys want gold. And to be honest, man, I think if we just let China win the Olympics, maybe they'd chill out with the whole, oh, we're, we're invading the Southeast Orient, uh, you know? Maybe if, maybe if a couple of, uh, you know, maybe a, cu- a couple of soccer players uh, and, you know, a, a runner or two sort of take a hit and lose to a Chinese guy, maybe they just chill out as a nation, you know? Maybe if some of these Jamaican blokes weren't so arrogant and they let they let Sun Yang fucking take take home the hundred the hundred meter sprint, maybe China stops invading the Philippines. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. But it's my podcast. Back off. It's the last time I'll say it. It's the last time I'll say it. Dude, I don't know. Should I join the UN? Is this how you get into the UN? Fucking hell. Big ideas today. Big ideas in this one, I tell you. Man, I don't know. Maybe I should join the UN. But I tell you what, I anytime I see a, I see a Chinese guy get out of a pool and he didn't come last, dude, I'm suspicious. I'm very suspicious. Now the Chinese are good at a lot of things. Swimming is not one of them. And uh, uh, they they say, oh, you know, he's 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 breaking all these records. He's he's undefeated in the last I think three years. Dude, any time a Chinese guy doesn't come dead last in a swimming race by considerable distance, call some sort of agency of anti-corruption, okay? Because something's amiss there, all right? Dude, I'd do the same thing if I ever saw a white guy beat a Chinese guy at gymnastics. Call someone. Call someone, you know? That's just how it is. That's just how it is. Sport at the highest level reinforces stereotypes. You know, if you imagine you see me one day just 
I'm just in the in the Olympics and you just see me win like the 200 meter sprints. Dude, if you think I'm you, okay, if I win the 200 meter the 200 meter running race at the Olympics, if you think I'm not getting handcuffed before I can even hold my hand up to the crowd, you are out to lunch, okay? I would I would be in jail for superhuman steroids so fucking quick purely because I'm I'm not a black guy and I have no business winning that race, okay? And that's just how it is. And I'm just saying, I see a Chinese guy fucking absolutely launch into some butterfly, leave the field behind, I'm calling someone, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Feel like it's not racist unless we unless we let it be racist. Do you know what I mean? Thanking you, dude. Best way to get out of a uh, of a weird rift just thanking you, and I'm thanking you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, etc. 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 I met a girl on Saturday night. She goes out with one of my mates from soccer now, but I used to work with her at Lollipop's Playland when I was like 16. So there's a blast from the past. Lollipop's Playland. I was there cleaning the cups, running the teacup ride. That's where they sit in the big teacups. They spin around. Uh, So that was the last time I saw her until happy hour at this bar. So what a blast from the past. Uh, But I remember one time I was running the teacup ride. And we had this young Korean boy in there. Um, and it was like the last teacup right of the day. Uh, the whole Lollipops playland is pretty much deserted. And this 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 young Korean boy, he's the only um, he's the only kid on the teacup ride. So he's got it all to himself. He's living the dream. And I'm running the teacup ride. Uh, so basically, uh, the thing spins around and then the teacups spin on the spot as well. So And as the kids go around, you just kind of give the teacups a bit of a push, you know? And this kid's loving it. He's like, faster, faster. And I'm like, oh, okay. And his mum's there. And I spin this teacup like as hard as I possibly could. Uh, and, and this kid's just loving it. He's spinning around. Like this is pretty much astronaut training at this point. This kid, The G-forces this kid has exposed himself to at five years old. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And as he's spinning around, I just hear, Whoa, and he's loving it. I just hear, woo. Dunked. And uh, unfortunately, the G-forces, uh, they were too much for him. And his little head has just fucking smashed into the teacup. And he's now unconscious, spinning around in this teacup. <laughs> so we got, this young, we got this young Korean boy unconscious in the teacup ride. He's the only one on the ride. His mum's like screaming at me in Korean. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so I hit the emergency stop. Now, that's something we've not seen before. Um, so I hit the emergency stop and, uh, I like kind of go over. I'm like, I go to the mom. I'm sure he's fine. I go over. I kind of lean over the kid and I like him. I kind of like pinch his arm. I go, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And he kind of comes to, and he's fucked up, man. He is fucked up. He doesn't know where he is. I'm like, he's fine. Oh, we're having so much fun. Let's not tell the boss about this. All right. And the mom's like, is he okay? I go, oh, is he okay? Uh, I go, bloody hell. He's over the top of his life. Anyway, guys, send us clothes. See you later. I just kind of like usher them out the door. But this kid, uh, I I really hope they went straight to the hospital because that looked like a pretty severe concussion he had. 
but I was on $13 an hour, so I can't be giving that up just because some Korean kid couldn't handle the Gs, you know? Uh, so that Lollipop's Playland. What a, what a place. What a place. Was he Korean? I think he was. Okay, so he's still awaiting the sanction. So I don't want to speak out of turn. He's still uh, waiting for... He's still waiting to hear back from the sanction, but they've just lost a major sponsor. And Anyway, so basically, I know I'm late to the party on this, but I saw an article about it yesterday, and uh, I want to talk about it. So back off. It's my podcast, and it's the last time I'll say it. It's the last time I'll say it. Uh, so Israel Folau put on Instagram, uh, like, basically... Uh, all gays, drunks, adulterers, idolaters, uh, you know, sinners uh, are going to hell. Like, repent now. And it's a pretty, it's a, look, it's too too aggressive for Instagram. I'll put that out there. But I love it because it's his second offence. And nothing is funnier to me on this planet than someone who all you had to do was nothing, and they couldn't even handle that. Like Israel Folau has been blessed with genetics. That you would not fucking believe. He's like six foot seven, can leap over a small building, and yet is still fast. But then, well, surely he wouldn't be huge as well, would he? Yeah, he's also massive. <laughs> he's super tall. He can jump super high. He's extremely fast. But then, for some reason, he's still also fucking enormous. Best genetics ever. Okay, he's he's been the best at like two different rugby codes. And it's like, all right, Israel. We're going to pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably even up to millions. I don't know. Hundreds of thousands of dollars for you to catch a ball, right? All you have to do is catch this ball and run where we where we tell you to run. Put the ball down, throw the ball to your friends. And he's like, yeah, no worries. And he starts catching the ball and he's like, holy shit, I'm amazing at this, right? It's like, we're going to, all right. You're killing it, Israel. We're going to pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, the only thing is, when you're not catching the ball, all you have to do is nothing. Okay? So, when you're not on the field catching the ball, when you're not jumping for the ball, if you can't see a ball, all you have to do is nothing. You don't have to do anything at all. We will pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars. And Israel's like, yep, nothing. Okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Okay, sweet. All right, no stress. Then... Like, a year ago, he posted on Instagram, like, something similar, like, all gays will burn in hell. Something along those lines. And everyone's like, ah, Israel, remember what we said about about doing nothing? Remember that? And he's like, ah, oh, fuck, sorry, lads. Shit, my bad. I completely forgot I was supposed to, I was supposed to do nothing if I didn't see a ball. And it's like, did you see a ball, Israel? He's like, no, I didn't. And it's like, but you did something, didn't you? He's like, yeah, I posted, I posted that thing about homosexuals burning in hell. And they're like, ah, oh, you see... You see whether you've gone wrong. And he's like, I, I do. I do see where I've gone wrong. Fuck. Sorry, lads. I'll put the hand up. And everyone's like, oh, it happens, man. It happens, man. I always accidentally post hate speech. So it's like, ah, <laughs> you know what I mean? I hate it when my hand slips and I'm like, it's like, oh, whites in the master race. Oh God. Sorry, guys. Drop my phone. You know? <laughs> so it's like, it's like, I'll tell you what is real. Happens, brother. It totally happens. Don't worry about it. Hey, don't worry about it. But just remember for next time, and this is critical All you have to do is nothing, okay? All you have to do is nothing. And he's like, yep, 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 yep. And when am I doing nothing? Anytime you're not playing rugby, Israel. Anytime you're not playing rugby. So if you see a ball, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to catch it. That's right, brother. That's right. And if you don't see a ball around, what are you going to do? 
Nothing. That's right, Israel. That's right. All you have to do is nothing, and we'll pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Shit. Okay, cool. I've got it this time, lads. Got it down, Pat. You Sometimes, you know, you got to read stuff twice. All good, buddy. We all went to uni. Everyone studies their own way. Just triple confirm again. Just do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. No stress. Then cut to, you know, three weeks ago. Israel's at home uh, watching, probably watching Peaky Blinders season four. It's just come out. It's a phenomenal show. He doesn't see a ball anywhere, so he's doing nothing. Fuck yeah, Israel. Great stuff, brother. And he's, he's halfway through season four. And this is where the mafia actually attack the Peaky Blinders guys. It's a fucking great series. And, uh, and he's like, he, something's on his mind. He's like, well, what is, uh, what did I have to do? Do I have to put out the washing? Did I have to, uh, did I have to catch a ball? No, I did that earlier today. I did that earlier today. What did I have to do? Was it, I've got to vacuum something. I'll pay my tax. He's like, oh, fuck. Hits pause on Peaky Blinders. He goes, just jumps on Instagram real quick. Where was that? Somebody shared the funniest meme with me the other day. That's right. Here it is. All homosexuals and drunks and adulterers will burn in hell. Repent before it's too late. Post. Oh, good to get that off the chest. Good to get that off the chest. All right. Back to Peaky Blinders season four. Fuck yeah. (laughs) And everyone's calling out like, Israel, you did something. And he's like, Yep, and they're like, you remember you were supposed to do nothing? And he's like, oh, fuck, not again. Not again. Oh, God, I am a silly, silly goose. Aren't I? I just... Uh, I keep forgetting to not post hate speech. I can't, I, can't, I can't wrap my head around this. It's like, Israel, we'll pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars, and if you don't see a footy anywhere, just don't do anything, right? Just literally do nothing. Golden. And he can't even handle that. He can't even handle that. It's like, fucking hell, man. All you had to do was nothing. You couldn't even handle that. So it's, and also, (laughs) second time. (laughs) Second time. Come on, Israel. You, like, come on. How hard is it? You, and it's like, oh, he's worked for what he's got. The guy's genetics are off the fucking charts, okay? Literally, you've got the luckiest life. You're talented as balls. All you have to do is nothing, and you will be rich forever. And you will never have to work a real job. You could probably go into commentary after this, even though you're probably fucking illiterate. All you have to do is nothing. <laughs> and you couldn't handle that. And that is the funniest thing in the world to me. People who all they had to do was nothing, and they couldn't handle that. That is fucking hilarious. And I don't know, because it's what he, it's, it, I don't know, it's a tough one. But is it a tough one? Because it's his views, like he actually thinks that stuff. And everyone was like, oh man, like it's, he's extremely homophobic, which he is. But he, he also is pretty much saying everyone's going to burn in hell. Uh, so, and it's like, if they're your views, you know, they're your views. But it's like, all you have to do was nothing. You could still have those views, but you just didn't have to do anything. You just have those views and still do nothing. And you couldn't handle that. What's going on here with the, the Met Gala was on last week? This is the thing where everyone dresses up, but like, it's like not real clothes. It's like art, you know, like someone will wear a dress, but it's also like the sun and the moon, like interacting or some shit, you know? Um, but uh, what was my point? Oh yeah, I think it's so weird when uh, 
the press are like, oh, so-and-so slayed the red carpet at the Met Gala. She destroyed the Met Gala. He destroyed the Met Gala. You know, like, oh my God, killed it, killed it. It's like, all they did was wear what they were told to wear. Do you know what I mean? Oh, but, but it's the way they wore it. Well, it's not, <laughs> it's not the way they wear it because it's, it's, it's clothing and you can only wear it one way. All they did was wear what they were told to wear. How are they getting all the credit for this? If I was a dressmaker, I'd be furious. Imagine you, you, you make this amazing dress and then everyone's like, oh, Cara Delevingne kills it again. And all she did was stand there in your dress. I'd be fucking furious. You know, so... I just think it's, uh... It's like, how much more credit can we give to actors? <laughs> how much credit can you... They they rock up to people movies other people wrote, read lines that they would never have said, get in the interviews, just give questions, give answers they've been told to give, turn to the red carpet, wear something they were told to wear, and then at the end, they're the ones with the trophy. <laughs> There's Bradley Cooper going, fuck, I've done it again. Okay, Star is Born was phenomenal, and he deserved the Oscar. He did deserve the Oscar. But I just think, you know, so-and-so slayed the red carpet. It's a, it's a dress. You can only wear it one way. Do you know what I mean? It should say, like, like Cara Delevingne follows instructions well yet again. Wears dress she was told to. Looks good. Now here's the person responsible. And then they cut to the dressmaker. And the dressmaker's just fucking high fives. High fives all around. You know? That's living. That's, that's how credit should work. You know? Credit goes to the person who gets the credit. You know what I mean? But I don't know. What else did I say? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Famously unedited. But with it, yeah, it's like you can only wear a dress one way. It's like, okay, I'll tell you what. If I give you a t-shirt and you wear it on your head, like in a scarf, and everyone's like, fuck, that scarf's unbelievable. Your high fives. You get the high fives. Because, you know what? You've just gone off on your own thing. You've just And you've just done your own thing. And that's unreal. That's unreal. That's actually pretty fucking cool. That you've just, you've created your own thing. But if I give you a t-shirt, you wear it as a t-shirt, and everyone says... You've nailed wearing that t-shirt. No, 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 no. Who gave him the t-shirt, you know? I don't know. So the Met Gala, it's just like, how many high fives can actors get? There must be someone in Hollywood running around with just endless high fives. We did it, guys. We did it. <laughs> yep, Fast and Furious 12's coming out. We're doing it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Who wants to be in Fast and Furious 12? It's whoever can stand being around the rock for three months. Hey? Here's some high fives. You nailed wearing a dress. How good's that? How good's giving credit to someone who's physically a 10 out of 10 and is wearing the most some of the most beautiful dresses on the planet? <laughs> or suits. I wanna I wanna equally rip on guys here. It's like, it's like, I can't believe it, man. This guy who's physically a 10 out of 10, like one of the most beautiful people we've ever seen, we gave him one of the most beautiful suits in the world and he somehow looked good. <laughs> what? So let's give this guy, he's the hottest guy in the world and let's give him the best suit in the world and then let's write an article about how he pulled it off. <laughs> oh my God. Bradley Cooper does it again. 
gorgeous man wears gorgeous suit and doesn't look horrific. Whoa! <laughs> the more you think about it, the more it's, it gets in there, doesn't it? Am I profound? I, up to you. Up to you. Up to you. Unedited. Famously unedited this pod. I'm just saying I think I might be getting more profound. I think at the very least, we can agree that I'm more profound than I was in episode one. That's 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 the line. Meet me in the middle. Meet me in the middle on that one. I'm more profound than I was in episode one. I think that's I think that's fair to say. But yeah, it's been good. I don't know. Actually, uh, how's this? I actually got an audition recently to. Uh, this is pretty cool. Apparently, they you know the radio show Kyle and Jackie O. Well, apparently the goss is Kyle. His health is uh, it's not looking too good. So uh, basically, and I mean, if you take you take two seconds out of your day to have a look at the state of the bloke. I mean, I give him three to five years and that's generous. That is generous. But, uh, he's a cool guy, obviously like most popular radio show ever. And so I got, um, they've, they've sent me a script to audition for, uh, to replace Kyle when he eventually carks it. So that's pretty exciting. And, uh, I've got it over here. Fucking right here. So, uh, here we go. I'm just going to, um, do a little practice run on the podcast. Cause I think, uh, I think I've got this. So this is the, this is the script they gave me. It's for like introing the show. Um, cause Kyle will usually intro the show and, uh, so, uh, here, here we go. Here we go. All right. So, uh, I'm just going to be Kyle and, uh, and hopefully, man, this could lead to something who knows, but, um, so, all right. Welcome to Kyle and Jackie O. Uh, shut up, Jackie. Just shut up. But anyway, we've got a great show for you here today. Uh, we're going to be recapping whatever reality show we're sponsoring at the moment. And, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be talking through it specifically the girls I would fuck on that show. Spoiler, it's the one with the fake tits. Um, and then after that, we've got Guy Sebastian coming in to talk about his new album. Very exciting. Jackie, just shut up. Just shut up. And uh, yeah, Guy's got a new single and uh, we're very excited about it. I'm going to be asking him which of the songs are about sex and even when I can have sex with his wife. So buckle up for that. That should be a bit of fun. And that'll be around 7.30, just as the kids are getting in the car for school. Uh, then after that... We're going to be taking your best, your best, I should say, best group sex stories. Um, so orgies, swinger parties, all that sort of stuff. That'll be around 7.45. And uh, finally, after that, uh, we've actually got two little people. Wait, sorry, midgets. We've got two midgets. Um, we're just going to get them naked and chuck them in a room together and just pff, see what happens, you know? Just see what happens. I've been poking them with a stick all morning, so I'm back in something fucking weird to happen. And, uh, and that's going to be good. And, uh, and after that, finally, we'll be segueing into a story, uh, around 8.30, just as you're dropping the kids off at school. Um, depending on how that whole midget situation pans out, we'll be segueing into a story about the time me and John Abraham got on the bags and, uh, we had that, we did that weird thing with Eddie Maguire that I was talking about last week. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then we'll be giving away $40,000 to the first person who's willing to throw a brick at a bus. And, uh, Jackie, did you just... No, just shut up, okay? Just shut up. And, yeah, Kyle and Jackie O. Kiss 106.5. All right, so, anyway. I hate to harp on about the same things I've, uh, I've harped on on the podcast before, but these sports stars, man, they're killing me. I was watching footy the other night. Sick game, but the interviews after, I'm so sick of it. They're, they're so boring. They're all saying the same shit. Brainwashed by these media training. And all sports stars are saying the same thing. Oh, credit to the boys. Oh, it was a great team effort. Say what you mean. Just be like, 
Hey man, I was on fucking fire tonight, okay? Who, what, what do I think about the game? I think I killed it, okay? We won 24-0, I scored 24 points. So do the maths on that, you fucking nerds. You know? It's like, oh, all my teammates? You mean these, these 10 blokes? Well, they're even out there. Call me the bus driver, because I'm driving these passengers all the way to September. Out of control, you know? The opposition? They sucked. They fucking sucked. 24-0. 24-0. My calf's a bit sore. I wasn't even at full tilt. They did not turn up. They're the worst team I've come across. I can't give them... Just... I can't credit them enough with how bad they were tonight. My teammates, the opposition... I mean, you may as well have just come to film me have a training run. Because that's what it felt like out there, you know? How's the vibe around the camp? The vibe around the camp is we're on 500k a year to play a fucking game, okay? So yeah, there's a few smiles. There's a few smiles. You know, favourite part about playing? Probably the money, the fame, and the women. Sorry, the women, the fame, and the money, okay? Jesus Christ, my Instagram inbox is just ticking over with sorts who want to fuck me for no reason. I've never met them before in my life. They've seen me on the TV catching a ball. Endless sorts. It's unbelievable, you know? Oh, the coach. Yeah, the coach. Credit to him? No. Absolutely no credit to the coach. I'm sorry, did he jump six feet in the air? Was that him? Was that him? Oh, he told me to do it. Oh. Yeah, let's give credit to some guy who was an okay player in the 70s. Fuck that guy. It was all me. I can't stress this enough. Okay? You know, talk about my teammates. I hate half of them, okay? A lot of personality clashes back there. I'm fucking the captain's wife. So, I mean, let's just get ahead of that one. There's a scandal. Do I care? They can't afford to lose me. Like I said, I was on fucking fire. You know, it's just like... And uh, now, now we're cruising down to Fashion Week. Just kind of like, how good's this? How good's this? Absolute vibes. And uh, we roll into Fashion... <laughs> oh, fuck, I forgot about this. Uh, okay. I'm giving myself Pelican of the Week. Yes, okay. I'm copying Pelican of the Week this week, and I'm also copying Strikeout City. So this is a humbling episode. Just talked for three minutes about how the Batuta guys mugged me off after years, and it was years, of me supporting their page. So this is a humbling episode. So we get into, uh, we get into this Fashion Week thing, and it's, uh, you walk into, like, this exhibition center, and, uh, we go to the front of the line, I go, oh, like, these are our names. And she goes, oh, cool. You guys are on the VIP list. Now, immediately, we received the gold VIP wristbands. We, we thought we were just getting, you know, a pleb wristband, just sort of an average person wristband. Um, probably something the Batuta guys would get if they came to this thing. And uh, so we thought, but immediately, we get these VIP wristbands and you just feel the whole vibe of the group change. All the lads, the shoulders go back, the spine straighten a little bit. And we just, we look around the room and we realize, Oh, that's right. We are better than everyone here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, for a second, I forgot that we are better than everyone here. So we we turned pretty quickly from a group of excited young guys just happy to be there into uh, arrogant fashionistas who knew that everyone else there was scum, out of touch scum. So, so that was a pretty quick shift in things. And, uh, you know... Not not too proud of it, but uh, so so Pelican of the Week because I got this VIP wristband. I just thought that's right, I'm the fucking man. And then uh, so we go we go walk into this like exhibition center, and there's no one really around to be honest. It's very quiet. 
I'm like, oh, these, these fashion parties, they probably kick off late, you know, later in the day. Anyway, so I walk up, there's a bar there and there's not, there's not really anyone around. And, uh, we get, we get a couple of photos in front of some media wall or whatever, you know, just ticking, ticking boxes, ticking boxes. And, uh, and we go to the bar and yeah, I got the VIP wristband on. So I'm just like, you know, just, oh, my shoulders are so fucking loose. And, uh, so girl behind the bar, uh, she goes, oh, would you like? I go, no worries. Uh, Bola Moe, love, four glasses. <laughs> and uh, we're having a bit of band. You know how it is. And uh, she's about to start pouring the Moe. And uh, and uh, one of the lads comes, oh, Billy, you got a bowl of Moe? And I go, yeah, mate. Well, it's VIP, isn't it, mate? VIP. So no stress, no stress. I mean, I get two bottles in. Well, it's all free, isn't it? It's all VIP. And uh, and then I just, I sense I sense something with the bartender. I sense it. And I go, I go, love, before you start pouring these, uh, this beautiful delectable beverage, this is free, isn't it? And she goes, no, this isn't free. And I go, I'd like to cancel this order immediately. In fact, I can't cancel this quick enough, okay? I don't even know what a bottle of Moe goes for, but I know that I can't afford it, okay? And I, I, I took the glasses off her. I said, you're not pouring them. You're not pouring them. And it uh, turns out we hadn't actually entered the party yet. So <laughs> so I'm outside. The, I'm not even in the party, just at the bar going, I want a bottle of Moe and I want it now for free. I'm a VIP. Carrying on. Carrying on, and luckily I was able to quickly cancel that order, no money down. So that was um, that was lucky. But so now we haven't even entered the party. Egg on my face. Can you imagine that? You're at, you're at Fashion Week with half a dozen eggs broken over your face, and uh, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. And I'm Pelican of the Week. Okay, for 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 immediately within 17 seconds, letting a and it, I say it was a gold VIP wristband. It was paper. It was paper. Okay, everyone else had orange. I had gold. And I let that go to my head within, I would say, 0.7 of a second. Like I said, the shoulders went back and uh, I started making demands and I had egg on my face. So that's how that happens. But then we go into the actual party. So the actual party had to go like, there was another line. I mean, there was a couple of lines and you know, it, we had to be real sticklers for which line I was in. It, it was the VIP line. It was the VIP line. So, so I'm in the VIP line straight through and you know, it's just high fives. It's just high fives of the VIP line. Bouncers get around you. And uh, I think he even maybe offered me some free cocaine on the way in. I think it was part of the VIP package. I said, no, thank you, sir. No, thank you. But uh, but it's just nice to have that. It's nice to just know you're being looked after at that level. So so that was cool. We, we get in there and uh, you know what these, you know, not that I've been to, no, I've never been to Fashion Week or anything. But, you know, whenever you get to, you get to start at these things where it's like, you know, big, big event, free food, free alcohol. You, you're, you're so excited. The bar's always up here. And you think, fuck, I hope... And sometimes you get let down. But this was not the case with uh, Swarovski Fashion Week. Fuck, it was good. It was so fucking good. Um, yeah, so we get in there and... Uh, immediately, spot a few celebs. Spot a few celebs. Uh, I don't know, like celebs. My mate was heaps into Love Island. So he, he saw one chick he had a massive crush on. And uh, you can kind of tell if someone's a celebrity, even if you don't know them, just because there's like just people around them. Like there's like a group of seven people around one woman. It's like, oh, well, obviously she, maybe she's just a great time, but I think she's probably famous. <gasps> um, so, so we get in there and it's, uh, it's free cocktails, free beer, free wine. And they're doing like staggered cocktails throughout the night. So we get in there and they're doing these, oh fuck, I can't remember the name of this drink, but fuck, it was bad. It was it, like Aaron, Aronoski, Aronosio, some kind of a spiced liqueur. And that's how you say that, liqueur. 
Uh, you're wrong. Back off. It's my podcast. It's the last time I'll say it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so it's like this spiced rum liqueur. I don't know what it was with, with, I don't know what it was, but it tasted like cold medicine. And yeah, we get, in, we get straight in, double park on these cocktails thinking, well, it's a free cocktail. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't take a genius to work this out. And then like, we're just like, oh God, this is disgusting. Like, it wasn't like, oh, it's too strong. Like we're bitches. We can't drink it. And cause if that was the case, I put my hand up, I put my hand up, but it just tasted bad. Like cold medicine, just like cold medicine, you know, like imagine someone gave you just a, just a glass of Dimetap, but like a fairly big glass. It's like, ugh, disgusting. Ugh. So we, after that, we get a few photos and, uh, it becomes quickly apparent, uh, that look, they there, there, there's a, this place is not like any party I've been to in that there's basically two parties happening. There's everyone in the middle and that's, that's the party. And then there's like half the parties around the outside, just getting photos and like taking it fucking seriously as well. Like people are really into this. Obviously it's fashion week. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to carry on. There was heaps of Insta people there just like being fake and not in the moment because there was, but also it's fashion week. Do you know what? Like, grow up. Of course there was. So, uh, and, you know, people would, uh, like, if you were like, oh, can you take a photo of me and my mate? People would take it really seriously. And it was like a 15-minute process. And fair play to them because there was good photos. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, so it became clear that uh, not everyone there was there for just good times and bant. Uh, a lot of people were there just simply to be there and have their photos taken and then, and then just sort of, just spot celebrities or try and get a photo with a celebrity or whatever. And a lot of people were there, but they weren't there. You know, there's nothing behind the eyes. And, uh, and so me and my mate, Sam, we're bopping around, we're bopping around, having a chat with a few people. And, uh, look, you pretty much knew immediately, like you'd talk to a, to a girl or, uh, or a guy or whoever it was. And you pretty much knew within 0.7 of a second, whether this person had any interest in having a conversation with anyone at that party. Do you know what I mean? Like, unless you're fucking scouting for Oz next top model, no comprende, basically. They just look at you like, oh, like, what are you doing? And, uh, but then, but then people who actually were up for a bit of banter, it was great because we, we quick, we quickly realized that there was not much personality happening at this party. So it was one of those things where like, uh, like I did a status about it the other day. Like if you're like a, like a four out of 10 girl in an engineering lecture, and you're the only girl, like you're pretty much Miranda Kerr at that point. All beauty is contextual. And so is inner beauty, which is what I have in spades. So uh, so basically it became pretty clear to me within about half an hour that there wasn't a lot of personalities rolling around this party. And I had a few cards up my sleeve that no one else did. So, so all of a sudden, yeah, the shows have gone back again. And I've still got, look, even though I said there was that whole Moe incident, I'm still feeling pretty arrogant from the whole VIP experience. So I'm just, I just start bopping around and we're just having a fucking blast, having so much fun. And uh, chatting to everyone, I was chatting to this German YouTuber girl for a while. Uh, she was great. She had a boyfriend, but she, she was a great girl. And uh, there was a few people where I was like, oh yeah, so she was, um, so I'm chatting to this, this German girl. She lives in Brisbane now and they flew her down. And I was like, I was chatting to her for maybe like half an hour. She's a great girl. And then she was like, Oh, I have a boyfriend. At that point, I'd usually be like, oh, okay. And like, you know, just sort of wiggle my way out of the conversation. Politely, of course. Um, but you know, we're on the clock here. So, uh, but then I was like, 
people kept coming up to her and being like, oh my God, I can't believe it's you. Getting photos with her and stuff. And I'm chatting with her and I'm like, I bet this chick has like 2 million followers. So then I, I hung in. I hung in for another 15 minutes or so just chatting with her. And then um, I just lost her. You know how it is. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so she, I think I was chatting to a fairly famous German girl. And, uh, and she was very cool. We had a lot of fun. And uh, the only thing was... Uh, she asked me to take some photos of her and uh, like we were basically, we were just having a great time having some banter and stuff. And then she's like, oh, can you take some photos of me? Because they had like these things set up that you could take photos in front of. Like like it was a tree, but it was like all lights and stuff. It's pretty cool. But but so oh, like I'm not really good at taking like Instagram photos and uh, girls actually take this shit pretty aggressively serious. And uh, it got pretty tense at one point. Like it got pretty tense when I'm taking the photos and she's like, She's like, no, now you need to take it like this. And I go, okay, I took it like that. And she's like, no, that's not how you, you do it. And I was like, that's exactly how you told me to do it. And then I was like, uh. And then we got there in the end. We got there in the end, but but fuck, it was tense. We, it was real tense. I took about 100 photos of her. And uh, at one point I was thinking, I should just walk away from this interaction because, you know, the, the German really came out of this bird, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, she was very, uh, she wanted everything to the to the letter, to the detail. And we got there in the end. And, you know, that's that's what it's like, life in the in the arts, you know. You clash. There's always clashes. But, uh, so, yeah, I was having a great time and uh, bopping around, bopping around. And I ran into about maybe three or four people I knew. And there was a vibe that quickly established itself, I realized. Well, I'll run into someone I know and they'd be like, oh, Billy, what are you doing here? And they would hold the word you... They'd be like, what are you doing here? I'd be like, okay, well, I, I see exactly what you mean by that. You, you think I don't belong in these in these minor D-list celebrity circles? And I was like, uh, and I was, I'll be very candid. I, I, I could have said, oh yeah, my mate's girlfriend works for Swarovski and she organized the event. So that's how we got in. And uh, I was going to say that, but then the VIP wristband was like, no, no. And I was like, I, it was like, you know, it was like fucking the ring in Lord of the Rings. It was controlling me. I said, oh, you know, they just didn't, uh, you know, they just damned my uh, my comedy page saying they need, uh, they're, they're looking for some 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 comedians or some people from the arts to come through and uh, and sort of, you know, raise the profile a bit. And uh, and people were looking at me like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, really? So, so that was, um, that's how you turn that situation on its head. And uh, so, yeah, pretty much everyone I ran into, I was like, yeah, I'm here for, purely because of what little fame I have and no other reason. And then, and then I was like, and then I'd be like, oh, so why are you here? And I was like, cause, cause don't you work at H&M? <laughs> don't you work at H&M? <laughs> but like, not in a mean way. I know it's coming across that way now because looking back, furious, but I'd be like, oh yeah, cool. Nah, just, they, you know, they damn my comedy page and said I could come along. And I was like, oh, you know, why not? Now like, cool. And I was like, oh, like did H&M sort you out? Cause I know you work at H&M. I mean, not like at head office. You work down the you work down the mall, but is that how you got the tickets? And they'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. H and M got them. I'd be like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Anyway, yeah, have a good night. Have a good night. And uh, yeah, so there was a, there was there was some uh, posturing there for sure. Uh, but then yeah, and then at this point, having a great time. Now, flight facilities played also later in the night, which was pretty cool. And. Uh, just having so much fun. Just it was just such a fun time, and uh, people really always the case of these things. People loosen up as you are, 
go throughout the night. And it's always good at these things when you don't really have a dog in the race as far as like the industry of whatever it is. Like uh, I've been to awards nights and stuff before where there was just carry on. People were just carrying on because everyone was trying to network. But this was like, this wasn't an awards night. This was just purely a party. So there was like minimal networking, you know? So that was, that was really good. Flight facilities, uh, flight facilities, Played and uh, look, to be honest, I didn't think they were great at the time, but it was just in some shit warehouse, so maybe not their fault. Um, but we're bopping around, we're bopping around, and we're, we're just having a great time. We were just having so much fun. And uh, bloody stri- strikeout city. I did actually leave with a girl from Fashion Week, and uh, I don't think she was Insta famous, but she was a, she was a lovely girl no- nonetheless. And strikeout city, uh, <laughs> I've struck out in my own home. But it's not really a strikeout, uh, but it's just a, just a, I don't know, like just didn't work out. So what happened was the front door, the front door lock on my place is, uh, it's a bit fidgety. Something's off about it. And before we're leaving, I, I said to Sam, I said, do I need to bring my keys out? And he was like, nah, don't worry about it. Cause we got a, we got a front door key in a, in a special hidden location. And I go, yeah, you're right. And uh, so I leave my keys at home. So I have my back door key on my keys, but that's inside. House is locked up. So I come back with this girl and uh, we're both very intoxicated. And uh, I'm fiddling with this front door lock for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, this is just pissing me off at this stage. And then I go around the back. Of course, the back door's locked. Side door's locked. My keys are inside. This girl's like, what the hell? And I'm like, yeah. So at this point, I'm basically looking for a brick to throw through a window because I'm just furious. Like, I'm like... This is fucking ridiculous. Can't even get into my own house, you know? So I'm basically looking for a large rock and I try the front door lock again and thank fuck it opens. And then uh, and then we walk in through the front door and uh, I, go, like, I go after me and this chick walks through the door and like, she's just, she's a bit stumbly, you know? She's a bit stumbly. I just thought, ah, uh, this, she, she's, she's too drunk. Um, so I, I put her to bed in my room and... Uh, and then I slept in the spare room because I'm a fucking gentleman. And that's just how you roll. Uh, so I put, put her to sleep in my bed. And, uh, and, then, and then I wake up in the spare room. And then I wake up at like 7 a.m. And I wake up in the spare room. I'm just like, what the hell is happening here? But, uh, but then I was like, oh, that's right. I'm a fucking gentleman. So, so that was good. It's good to wake up knowing I'm an absolute white knight of a human. But... Uh, no, you know, she's just, she was stumbling to build over the place. I was like, she's too drunk. So, um, so I go, I go to the bathroom and at like 7am, pop my head in my room and, uh, she, she's asleep. I go, no stress. And I'm still very tired. So I go back to bed in the spare room. Cause I feel like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I go back to bed in the spare room. I wake up around 8.30, go back, uh, check on my room. She's gone. So... Basically, I'm pretty much at this point just an Airbnb. Uh, she she's come in, uh, free night. The old Airbnb Billy. Um, she's come in, free night in my bed, and uh, and and she slept like an absolute stone. And uh, do you know what? I just cleaned the room that day. Just took the Dyson around, vacuumed. Uh, sheets were clean, and uh, so so basically, I've just brought her home to my place to make sure she gets a a really solid nine hours in, uh, undisturbed, of course, undisturbed. And then uh, she I've, she was able to go on her way, and uh, obviously at my at my Airbnb checkout time is nine a.m., so it's good that she respected that. Um, but yeah, so so I'm basically running an Airbnb at this point because I'm a fucking gentleman. 
and, but then also, this is where the, this is where the eggs are on my face because uh, she left and she took my complimentary Swarovski gift bag that I got from Fashion Week. Now there was a free there was a free coffee mug in there. There was a free necklace, retail around sixty dollars, I believe, crystal, and there was some other shit in there. And she took that with her. Now look, I'm running an Airbnb. You've you've stayed for free. Usually that's two hundred a night. You've stayed for free at the Airbnb. Billy. The the sheets were clean. Room was room was beautiful. I think at the very least you can do is not steal from me. That was my complimentary gift bag from Swarovski. And uh, and and you, you've taken that with you. You've taken liberties, and uh, I've put I'm straight on the Airbnb website. We won't be having her back. So enjoy the sixty dollar necklace, love. I hope it was worth it. Uh, so yeah, strikeout city. <laughs> I ran an Airbnb for the night for free, and then was stolen from in the morning. So <laughs> can't. <laughs> oh god, egg on my face, no doubt. Right. Pelican of the week. I'm out Saturday night. I uh, walk into a bathroom of this pub. Urinal is packed. There's this guy there waiting to the side, maybe about 22, 23. And he's like, uh, he's like, uh, he goes to me, hey man, uh, you can go next to the urinal. I've got stage fright. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I've got stage fright. Too anxious to piss at the urinal. And he's actually fucking serious. And I'm like, okay, you know what? That's fine. Am I here to bash anxiety? I'm not. That's what I'm not here for. What I do take issue with is this guy had a fucking face tattoo, okay? So it's like he's too anxious to piss the urinal, but it says death to my enemies above his fucking eyebrow. Hey, buddy, pick one thing, okay? You can either be an anxious beta male or a bikey gangster, but not both, okay? Not both. Oh, you're feeling a little anxious, are you, brother? That makes two of us because you have a fucking face tattoo. I don't feel safe. I tell you what, that makes two people not piss in the urinal. You think I'm turning my back on you? You are out to lunch, mate, if you think I'm turning my back on you. Okay? I've seen enough prison movies to know how this goes down, you know? But so who's this, this guy think is, you want to get a face tattoo and then act like this in the world? You get a face tattoo, you should have to legally choke out two people on a bus every week. Minimum. Okay? Otherwise, we're lasering that shit off, alright? That's a problem with this kind of, like, overlap of, like, I don't know, like, hipster, grime rap, mumble rap, whatever it is. No, it used to be, you know, in, in a better time, much before I was born, guy has a face tattoo, you don't fuck with him. But this guy had a face tattoo, and I could have probably beat the shit out of him. Can I fight? No! <laughs> could I afford this guy? Fuck yeah. That stupid little face tattoo, I can't remember what it said, it's like a target on his stupid little face. Like... You want to get a face tattoo and then and then be too nervous to piss at the urinal? Like, talk about running before you walk. Mate, mate, it goes piss at the urinal first. Look another man in the eye. Face tattoo. Okay? You don't just get fucking some Nazi propaganda on your forehead and then, and then go, Oh, I better tackle this urinal thing. That's not how it works. Who told you that's how it works? So Pelican of the Week to him. Like, grow up. Can you be anxious? Can you be too anxious to piss at the urinal? Can you get stage fright? Absolutely. Can you do it with a face tattoo? No. Not today. Not ever. Okay, so sort it out. And it's too... People are too flip-floppy in this world, you know? Like, people want to be... They want to be something all the way over here. 
and they want to be something all the way over there. And it's like, be predictable. Okay, I work with a guy. He's got a Darth Vader tattoo on his arm. Does he love comic books and computer games? Yes. Because that's his character. Okay? He's not, he's not, he doesn't get, he didn't get a Darth Vader tattoo and then walk around like, yeah, fucking sci-fi's for nerds. That would be confusing. Okay? So let's just pick, let's pick what we're going to be a little bit more here, okay? You know? Oh, I've got stage fright. I'm feeling a bit anxious. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. You know, these, you know these young guys where it's like they're all tatted up, like trying to look hard, but it, you can see that they just got the tats like the week before? You know? It's like, it's, it'll be like some crazy sleeve, but it's like, it looks like if you touched it, it'd be like wet. You'd be like, you like rub up against the guy. All of a sudden you've got half a dragon on your forearm. You're like, ugh, the fuck is this? You know, so that was this guy. Yeah, above his right eye. Face tattoo. Don't you have anyone tapping you on the shoulder being like, don't get a face tattoo. If, I don't think you could grow a beard either. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Jesus Christ. Walk before you run, people. But anyway, so Pelican of the Week, mate. Fucking earned it as well, brother. You've won by a fair way there. Won by a fair way indeed. But, uh, yeah, so oh, what about it? What about it? What? A, let's just have a bit more, you know, pick what you're going to be, people, okay? If you want to get a face tattoo, no worries. Go stab someone. That's how you get it. Earn it, is what I'm saying. You want to get a face tattoo with no criminal record? Nah. Oh, fuck yeah. What about this? I was, uh, as is, uh, uh, I was watching this. There was this ad for MasterChef that came up the other day. I love MasterChef. Favorite part is when they shit on someone's recipe being like, this is the worst meal I've ever seen. And they don't know it's like the guy's dead grandma's specialty. They're like, they're like, this is, this food makes no sense. Um, I just, it didn't come together on the plate, to be honest. I wouldn't serve this to anyone. It's not up to standard. And, and to be brutally honest, it doesn't, it just doesn't taste good. It, the food tastes bad. And the guy's like, but it's my nonna's special recipe from the old country. She used to make it on Sundays. And they're like, look, it's not good. Your nonna wasn't a good chef. Okay. I know obviously you love her and that's a special connection, but her pasta is fucking disgusting. Okay. Matt Preston's like in the back gagging that even that fat fuck couldn't get it down. You know, and the, the guy's like, but, but she's dead and I cooked it for her. I cooked it for my nonna. It's like, well, I'll tell you what, man, your family might miss her, but the culinary world will not because she couldn't cook and she's long gone. Thank God. And you're, man, maybe this recipe should die with her because it's not fucking good. And they're like full crying, like, no, no, no. It was her specialty. This was for her. And it's like, I love it how people are like, uh, they think just because they've had a family member die, it's like a free pass to the semifinals of a of a reality TV contest. They always try to shoehorn it in. It's like, uh, what's your name? <laughs> My grandma. Oh, God, she was only 85. I miss her. I miss her. It's like, dude, everyone's grandma is dead. Everyone's... Gra- are, you, are you 17? Are you 17 years old? Oh, you're not. Well, then your grandma's dead. Because that's how time works. That's how time works. It's like, I love it. Like a, like a 28 year old dude's like, oh, my grandma, I sung that for her. She was everything. And it's like, yeah, she was everything. And she was also 97 years old. 
She had a great run. She had a great run, you know? I, I love it. They just shoehorn it in. So, uh, where about you from? Same place as my dead grandma. God, I miss her. Fair play if you've had like a, you know, if someone dies young and you go on The Voice, you, you mention it. I mean, you fucking mention it because we both know Delta's going to eat that shit up because she's dumb. She's dumb, but she's attractive and uh, and we all put up with it. We all put up with it. So, oh man, Delta Goodrum on The Voice. Why does she do it? Why does she do it? I don't know. But yeah, I tell you what, if you're going on a reality TV show, you've got to shoehorn in whatever hardship you've got. Or be super weird. Best case scenario, be super weird. And then be, when people are like, why are you doing that? Just like, I've been the same since I lost my grandma. And then bang. That's how you win Big Brother. But also, I want to say this. Guys are always like, oh, dude, yeah, she looks good on Instagram, bad in real life. And it's like, yeah, so. But it's like, why don't, why don't guys use makeup and filters and shit more? Like, guys put no effort in. Why don't we use makeup? I mean, we're not allergic to it. I've, I've had a bit of makeup for a couple of TV things before. Turns you into a gentleman seven pretty fucking quick, I'll tell you that. You know, why aren't we throwing on a bit of blush before a night out? You know, why isn't why aren't girls waking up going like, oh, God, you looked a lot better with makeup. And then we could be like, ha-ha, boom, I'm actually a six. Whew, see ya. You know? Like, guys are always like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, she looks shit without makeup. It's like, well, everyone looks shit without makeup. That's the point of makeup, to make you look better. I think instead of complaining, we get in the mix. I reckon maybe I'll fucking... Not Sephora, that shit is too expensive. But maybe, uh, you know, a bit of Big W, you know, Big W concealer, a bit of blush, you know? Not eyeliner, no, you know, no, nothing weird. But uh, I'm just saying, like, we're, guys, we're always bitching about makeup. Why don't we get in the game? We're not allergic to it. You know, bit of blush. Never hurt anyone. Even out your tone a bit. You know, bring out those cheekbones. I'm just saying, get in the game. Even out the playing field a little bit. I don't know. I reckon it could be a revolution. What if like 20 years from now, guys are all like doing their makeup before nights out? And then everyone, they were just, all clubs would just be a sea of people who look nothing like themselves. But are confident. I don't know. I reckon guys, I reckon we get into the makeup thing. And then all of a sudden, yeah, girls are on my Instagram going like, dude, this guy's an absolute sword. I rock up. One of the great sixes. Boom. That's six filters and three eyeliners. You just got done. You know, I don't know. Bit of blush. Never hurt anyone. Never hurt anyone, I reckon. I'm, I'm, I might start flying the flag. But I tell you what, I'm going to need someone to come with me. Otherwise, I'm just going to be that guy at the pub wearing makeup and it's going to be fucking weird. So let's maybe get a groundswell. Let's start a group chat. Who Like, you know, just a little bit of blush, a little bit of concealer. Nothing too much. Nothing too much. But um, we start the groundswell. We start the groundswell. Some gay guys are already doing this, but they went, they went, too, they went too hard too quick. They're like doing their eyebrows and blue lipstick and shit. I'm saying let's just start a little groundswell of like just a little bit of blush, a little bit of concealer, you know, just bring out the, lift the cheekbones a bit, you know, even out the tones, nothing, nothing crazy. And let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. Can you imagine that if you, you just started wearing makeup as a guy and like you just started doing so well with women, like you're just in the pub going like, holy shit, I am fucking killing it. Girls like, oh my God, your skin's amazing. You're like, <laughs> well, 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 how the tables have turned. I don't know. It could be a thing. Could be a thing. But like I said, going to need someone to come with me. Otherwise, it's going to get pretty weird pretty fucking quick. But yeah, I reckon, uh, guys, we either need to start having a run at makeup or stop bitching. Oh, it's so weird. This girl, uh, yeah, she, she used all these products that are designed to make her look better. And uh, and she looks better. 
It's fucking bullshit, man. It's not. It really isn't. It's weird. She looks, she looks worse when she takes off the things that make her look better. Yeah. That's how logic works. So how can we stop bitching and we either, we either stop bitching and cop it or get in the game. Bit of blush. Bit of blush. I'm, okay, I'll be honest. I'll come clean. I don't know what blush is. Because I think, now that I'm thinking about it, it's the stuff that makes your cheeks red. I don't want that. But I've already got those beautiful... Look at these. Look at these rosy cheeks. Oh, dude. In, I'll see you at Christmas dinner. I'm, I am the guy next door. Bring me over. I'll meet your mum. I'll meet you. I'll make her laugh. You know, me and the dad talk sports. Me and your little brother, I'll fucking, rah, your little champion, you know? I'll see you at Christmas dinner. I'm the guy next door. But yeah, so just to clarify, not blush. What's the stuff that makes you kind of like look more tanned? Not concealer, like foundation. Foundation, that's what we're after. Bit of foundation. All right. Well, that was a fucking, that was a trip. And you better believe if this makeup thing gets off the ground, it'll be budget makeup because girls pay like 80 bucks for like something like this big. I don't know. I don't know how you do it, girls. No interest. Absolutely zero interest. Zero interest in blush and uh, and Sephora and that shit. But yeah, a little bit of fucking foundation. And did it take me five minutes to work out what foundation is? It did. But I don't know. That's where I'm coming from. From the ground up. It's a groundswell. So get in on, get in on the groundswell. A little bit of uh, foundation. But uh, I want to tell a story as well, actually. Speaking of going, uh, mining some stories. I had uh, My mate reminded me of this, uh, of when... I famously uh, ran a pub crawl in Dublin a few years ago. So me and my mate are on this pub crawl uh, from this hostel in Dublin. And uh, we we go out and we're having a great time. And it's good. It's a good mix. Pub crawl, hostel pub crawls are pretty much the greatest thing in the world, in my humble opinion. I, you meet lots of different people and it's a great time. So we're going around, lots of different characters, a few Americans. Uh, remember there was this Polish guy with his sister and he would do this weird thing where uh, one of us, like someone would be talking to his sister and he'd come over and be like, uh, he'd be like, oh, why are you talking to my sister? <laughs> and he was joking, but you could see in his eyes, he was furious. And then he'd like kind of scream at her in Polish and it was very uncomfortable. And we're going around from bar to bar in Dublin and we went to this one bar that had uh, this special red lemonade that's banned in almost every country because uh, it's extremely carcinogenic and there's so much sugar in it. it it's just basically poison. But it goes really well with whiskey, apparently. So I have a few of those. And it's kind of like, yeah, we're young. You know, we're never going to die. That I think I remember saying that out loud. Uh, I said, cheese, we're young. We're never going to die. And uh, so we're going on this pub crawl. And we're having a great time. Friendships are being formed. You know, we're bouncing around. Unreal. Unreal, right? And uh, so we're going around. And we, we get to this pub at the end of the night. And they go, all right, guys. The, the guy running the pub crawl goes... Guys, this is, uh, at this point, we've gelled as a unit, okay? We've gelled as a unit. Uh, we're no longer, you know, 20 or 30 people on a pub crawl. We are a unit. And uh, we're pretty much an ad- we're pretty much an advertisement for world peace at this stage. We've got people from everywhere having a great time. And uh, he goes, right, this is the last stop, guys. And he just goes, basically, have fun. And we go into this club and there's no one there. And we're like, this is so shit. And, we're, and, and a few of us, you know, there's whisperings of a, of a revolution, a coup, if you will. Uh, so we go, we, we go outside and uh, a few people are like, we should go somewhere else. This place sucks. And because, you know, me and my mate, uh, is my mate Macker actually, we, we, we really endeared ourselves to a lot of people there bopping around with our charisma and, uh, someone yells out, follow the Australians, right? And, and all of a sudden everyone turns to me and Macca and, and they're like, follow the Australians, follow the Australians. 
And me, after fucking a million, I'm like, yes, I know the way. And so I, I at this point, take over the pub crawl. Now, I'm leading, a, I'm leading 30 backpackers through Dublin, and we cannot be stopped. We cannot and we will not be stopped. So we start looking for places to go. People, and at this point, I pretty much turn into a sociopath. I'm a dictator, and it's my way, or it's the fucking highway. So, we go on pub to pub, and I'm just talking to the bouncers like, a, like I actually do run a pub crawl. I go, mate, you know, I got, I got 30 backpackers, mate, we'll come in, we'll, we'll buy heaps of beers, mate, buy heaps of beers. I'll tell you what, you do is free entry and a free drink each. How does that sound? And uh, I got told to get fucked from, I think, four or five venues. Uh, and basically, at this point, we're looping around, and... It's maybe 20 minutes into this pub crawl. I haven't been able to get anyone into a pub yet because they're all doing cover charges and I refuse to pay a cover charge. No one pays a cover charge. Not on my pub crawl. Never, ever, ever. I'm fa- my pub crawls are famous. No one pays a cover charge. So I refuse. So at this point, we're looping around uh, this whole area. We're like 20 minutes in. People are starting to drop off until we eventually get back to the original club that we got dropped off at, which, by the way, is now pumping. Okay? It's now pumping. So now I'm at the point where I've got maybe 15 people left. I go to the bouncer who let us in earlier. I said, mate, I'm here. I'm Billy Darcy, mate, running a pub crawl. You've probably heard of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he goes, yeah, right. I go, mate. He goes, it's uh, 10, 10 euros to come in. I said, actually, I think you'll find us free, mate. Got 15 paying customers here, mate. We're going to put heaps of money behind the bar for you. And he goes, all right, I'll tell you what, I can let 10 of you in. So now... <laughs> After leading this pub crawl, after these people put their faith in me, their faith in me, they said, follow the Australians. That's what they said. I was their, I was their Jesus, their martyr. And unfortunately, like a Russian dictator, I had to turn around and start choosing who lives and who dies. Uh, and it, it got it got real tough. Uh, there was a couple of blokes who didn't speak English. They were the first to go. I'm, unfortunately, it's just not good for morale when you can't communicate. Uh, next up, the Polish guy and his sister. The Polish guy had to go. His sister, look, I've graciously allowed her to stay. And uh, so now I'm being like, you, 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 you. Like, it's it's basically like year four cricket. And uh, and it gets the it gets the point where uh, the people I've cut are so filthy, it creates like a disharmony. And uh, basically me and, my Macca, me and my mate Macca ended up going into this pub by ourselves to drink and uh we completely lost every single person on the pub crawl so that's that's a quick example of how you take a gelled unit of newfound friends and just burn bridges non-stop for half an hour until you're left with the only bloke you came with and uh yeah it's it's i really let the darkness in that night and i thought i was god and uh i paid the price i did pay the price but we did actually have a pretty good night after that so i mean really yeah, no, I regret it. I regret it. I, I should have, we should have stayed put, but you know, can't win them all. You can't win them all. So then I go into Woolies. Now, if you live near a, this is how you know if you live near a good Woolies. This is how you know. Does the Woolies do butter chicken for $6 or $5 in some places? At the Woolies at my work, there, there's like a huge, um, I want to say wok, but that's not Indian, is it? Okay, we're going to say wok. I'm aware of the discrepancies. But we're going to say wok. There's a huge wok of butter chicken. They'll do your butter chicken and rice in a in a big container. Healthy filling. Uh, not too much, not too little. Six bucks. And that's just a staple. I'll get that a couple of times a week. And uh, you don't have to think. It's right at the front. Bang. That's how it is. So I go in. And uh, context to this story. 
Actually, no, I'll do context later. So I go into Woolies, there's no wok at all. Now, sometimes, on very rare occasions, they won't be cooking the butter chicken, but the wok will still be there, clean, just ready to go for the next day, you know? They don't move the wok, it's huge. It's fucking enormous. They don't move the wok. I go in, no wok at all. Okay, I go into the, the, the Russian lady who usually cooks the butter chicken. She's in the butcher, in the butcher section. I said, I don't, okay, I don't know her name, but I said, you know, where's the wok? And she said, it's not a wok. And I said, you know what I mean? And she said, I do. And she said, get this. Somebody made a complaint because they were using a gas uh, cylinder to, to pe- fire up the wok or whatever it is. And somebody complained that it was unsafe, which, you know, might be fair enough. But how's this for a conspiracy? Just across from Woolworths, a new chicken shop has opened. Now, the people who work in the chicken shop, they are the the owners are Indian and they are selling their own butter chicken for lunch each day in containers just like Woolies. Now, Woolies was just slightly undercutting them, and everyone went to Woolies because the portion was a bit better. And, and quite frankly, it was downright offensive that most patrons, including myself, would rather eat fucking, you know, basically Woolworth Select butter chicken cooked in a wok by a Russian lady than proper butter chicken cooked by these Indians with love and care. Probably a recipe as old as time itself. Maybe not. I don't know. So who put in the complaint about the wok? I reckon it was I reckon it was the, the Indians who owned the chicken store. I reckon they were sick of Woolies undercutting them. They were sick of the blatant cultural appropriation with the Russian lady cooking the butter chicken. They were sick of me going around town asking people where the wok is. Because we know it's not a wok, but I don't know the word. And I reckon they got fed up and I reckon they went I reckon they went upstairs. I reckon that's exactly where they went. And I reckon they got the big fish involved. The suits, the leather jackets, you know, the yes men. And all of a sudden, they've shut the operation down. Now, the only butter chicken, the only butter chicken in the food court, you want butter chicken for lunch? You've got one option. You've got to go to the chicken store. Now, look, I'm no cop. I'm no cop. The clo- I've got friends who are cops, though. So that's pretty good. That's pretty close. I've ridden in a cop car once. Wasn't arrested. It was a friend. Gave me a lift home. I think it's pretty obvious what's happened here. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, but also what I'm saying is the people at the chicken shop definitely did this and revenge is a dish best served swiftly by a Russian in a wok. Okay. Now I don't know how to fucking change this, but I'm, I'm vendetta, more cultural appropriation, vendetta. Okay. Vendetta, vendetta, vendetta. I want my Woolies butter chicken back cooked in a wok by a Russian lady. Now I know these, these chicken shop owners. Their butter chicken, is it better? It probably is. Is it is it cooked with more love and care? It probably is. But it's the principle. Woolworths are the fresh food people. This lunch is a staple. I will not back down. I will not back down. And you know what? You've, you've picked the wrong ombre. Because do you know what? Do you know what I was doing when when uh, I, after I spoke to the Russian lady, I said, well, what happened to the, to the butter chicken? She told me, oh, we, we've got to complain. It won't be back for a while. Do you know what I did? I was left walking around Woolies confused as fuck, not knowing what to what to order for lunch. I had no idea. There's too many options in there. They're the fresh food people. They do everything. They do it adequately. What the hell was I supposed to do? And you know what? As I'm walking around getting more confused, you know what else I'm getting? More hungry. For food? Nah. Nah. 
Hungry for food? Nah. Hungry for justice, bruh. Hungry for justice. So well done, you've awoken the dog. You've awoken the dog, the beast within, and I will not rest until that Russian lady is ladling butter chicken out of that wok into my container. <laughs> so good luck, chicken shop. You've sealed your own fate. Oh yeah, what about this? This is the thing. What the what the hell is going on with Bitcoin now? Because it seems like it's not a thing anymore. But we've got this whole group of pelicans out there who acted like absolute scum for months. Like every you know, you walk into work, some blokes like, look at me, mate, I'm up four hundred bucks since lunch. Oh, you're an idiot if you're not on this stuff, mate. You're an idiot. And we're all putting up with this. Hey, mate, how's your day? Oh, pretty good, mate. Just made two grand on Bitcoin. Oh, this is pretty good. How's the weather? Oh, it's fucking raining money, isn't it? That's what it's like when you're investing in Bitcoins, mate. It's raining money. It's like, shut up. Just shut up. It's not a real thing. And you know what? People like me, who couldn't be fucked to do the research, have to. we had to put up with this garbage. We had to put up with this garbage. Oh, okay. Okay, Sam. Yeah, you're up. You're up $3,000. Okay. I don't know. I don't even know how to freaking access the Bitcoin. I don't know what is going on. I don't know what website you click on. I don't know how to get it, how to get rid of it. I'm not as clueless as, a, as an old bloke in my cricket club who bought a physical Bitcoin for $2,000 online. Was it made of plastic? It was. Did he get scammed? Absolutely. So I wasn't quite that far gone, but I had no idea about Bitcoin. Everyone's in your face constantly about it, constantly talking about it. Oh, I'm up four grand, five grand. What are you doing? You're an idiot, mate. You're an idiot. I'm like, I just bought a sandwich. He's like, a sandwich? That's a pretty shit investment. I go, I need it to fucking live. I need it to live. But now, Bitcoin, gone to shit. Maybe it's coming back. Don't care. But all these blokes who would turn into absolute, and let's be honest, was mostly blokes. Women, I'll give you a pass on this one. They're all walking around as if they didn't transform into absolute fucking pelicans for three months. Now they're just coming in going, oh yeah, sandwich, good investment. No, I remember your behavior. I remember what you were going on about. I want some fucking, I want someone to put their hand up. I want one of the Bitcoin guys to put your hand up on behalf of all these pelicans and say, do you know what? For three months there, we got pretty fucking weird. We got pretty fucking weird. We're not proud of it. We got sucked in. And you know what? Mistakes got made. Uh, we ruined a few parties, but we're here now and we're better for it. And you know what? I'll shake your hand. I'll shake your hand because, you know, put your hand up. I still don't know. Bitcoin could be bigger than ever right now. Don't know. Don't care. But we're copying too much banter for too long. And I want some reparations for this shit, okay? The amount of conversations we had to sit through, and now it's like, oh, who cares? Yeah, Bitcoin, come and went. Well, no. Because I fucking remember what you guys were like. And I want I want an apology. I want an apology. So someone put your hand up on behalf of the Bitcoin people. They'll probably be wearing some fucking cool Oscar Wiley glasses, half a sleeve tattoo. They couldn't afford to do the other half because Bitcoin bottomed out. You know, and they're, and they're always having sex, but no one ever sees the girl. Whoa. One of you fucking pelicans, put your hand up, okay? Because you ruined the parties. You ruined a lot of vibes. And I still don't know if Bitcoin's anything. Is it up or down? Where is it? Am, am I a Bitcoin? Who knows? But somebody say sorry, because I've listened to too much of that shit. And we, we haven't... Someone's got someone's to put their hand up. I'll say that. You know, I don't know. These fads. It's got to be one of the most annoying fads we've had in recent times. Probably, I mean, it's no Tarzo. I'll say that, it's no Tarzo. 
But you know, mate, I remember I, pu- I pulled out a fucking shiny Goku out of a packet of Smith's crisps one day. Didn't hear me carrying on, did you? I mean, was it probably the best thing that happened to me in year four? Absolutely. Did I keep it to myself? I was polite. I was polite. And you know what? I didn't tell any girls because I know they didn't want to hear about it. But I rock this haircut. Nothing says I don't give a fuck about finance like this haircut. And people are still in my fucking ear about Bitcoin. So what's that about? So what's that about? You know? I don't know. How many signals do you have to send? How many signals do you have to send? So somebody put your hand up. In fact, on that note, my bloody... My golden Goku Tarzo is probably worth more than a Bitcoin these days. That's what I'm hearing. But again, I don't know what I'm talking about because I don't care. But I know people don't care about McLeod's Daughters, which I'm re-watching at the moment. It, does it still hold up 15 years later? Fuck yeah, it does. But I'm, st- I'm not badgering people going, oh, McLeod's Daughters, McLeod's Daughters. Because I know they don't want to hear about it. Sometimes you got to think about what others want. So I don't know. Bit of empathy. Bitcoin. And you know, the Bitcoin is just another morphing of these empowered nerds, which we've been seeing across the globe for a few years now. Nerds are getting more empowered than ever. And it's, it's, it's a shift. There's a shift for sure. But uh, I just worry. And you know what? I just think someone needs to put their hand up and say, look, got pretty fucking weird back there. We apologize. Like one of those things, you bloody... There's an ambulance going past. Probably someone's had a heart attack from too much Nescafe or too much Makona because it's better. You have one Nescafe, you're like, I'm going back to bed. This is no good. So this is just a quick, uh, I do not endorse this. I do not endorse Nescafe. If you ever see a photo of me drinking Nescafe, um, it's been photoshopped and alert the authorities as soon as possible. As soon as possible. But Nescafe, their marketing's always sucked. Uh, This is the Nescafe Gold Intense. It's intense, all right. It's intensely bad. This is a seven on the scale of one to nine. Whatever that means. I don't like I don't like the people that make this. I think they're bad people, and I think their families should suffer. So that's that. But it has this. It says on the back here. This is a barista tip from Nest Cafe. Barista tip from the people who've had forty three goes at making coffee. Well, I mean, it, but surely coffee wouldn't be their main thing. Their main thing isn't coffee, is it? Surely maybe they make shoes and coffee's a little side hustle because who has forty three goes at anything? Dude, I tell you what, if you're a gentleman, if you're a gentleman in the modern era, I'm saying post-Jesus Christ, if you're a gentleman, you give up at try number 25. Across the board, I don't care what you're attempting, 25th try, you put your head down and you say, I give up, like a gentleman. Then you have some some buttered bread, because that's all you deserve. Flavor's not for you, flavor's for winners. So they've got a barista tip on the back here. And uh, it says, try adding an extra teaspoon of coffee for an even stronger cup. Well, ha, ha, ho! The fucking boardroom was on fire that day. I tell you what, how many bloody, how many marketing and accounting degrees came together to fucking give us that hot, hot little tip there? More coffee means stronger. There. And you know what? That's the sort of tip I'd expect from some pelican who has had 43 tries at something and still got nowhere near the fucking mark. Makona, I love you. Keep up the good work. And, you know, I'm drinking this stuff, but I just wanted it on the record. Dude, I could have just not had this in the podcast, this Nescafe. I could have just not put it in the podcast and no one would have known I was drinking Nescafe. But I hate this product so much that I was worried someone might walk past the window and spot it, like a paparazzi or something like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm in Woman's Day 
Dude, some people get caught with a, with a second family in Woman's Day. Do you think that's embarrassing? Imagine getting caught drinking a Nescafe Gold Intense. Dude, Korea over. Okay. So that is that. This podcast is proudly Makona. Makona Gold. Makona. Well, all the all the flavors for Makona are Italian and uh, hard to hard to remember. But uh, Makona, love it. Oh, that Nest Cafe. It's battery acid. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, that's coming through on the sound. How disgusted I am. Hmm. What else do I want to talk about? I was speaking about pelicans. Always speaking about pelicans. I will say this. Speaking of pelicans. Some of the biggest pelicans around these days um, are real estate agents. Young real estate agents specifically. Specifically young real estate agents. Because these are the blokes. If you're just a real estate agent and you're just out there, you know, selling houses, getting it done, sold this property for 1.2, whatever. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, real estate agents, they cop a lot of shit um, because they are essentially, you know, sort of tapeworms, I guess. But nevertheless, I know some fantastic real estate agents and uh, not all not all real estate agents. There's a hashtag for you. But there's a very specific real estate agent that I'm talking about. This, the young pelican who uh, does the uh, promo videos where it's like, it's like him with like slick back hair. He's like 22, wearing like a pinstripe suit. Just so much petroleum jelly in his hair. It's unbelievable. And it's him like having a coffee, like overlooking overlooking the water, like chain smokers he's playing, you know, because that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking about my best ideas when freaking closer by chain smokers he's playing. But then he, then this 22 year old guy, he gets in the, he gets in the Audi, like just mint Audi pulls up and he gets in and he's just, He's still sipping on the coffee because he's got stuff to do and he needs caffeine. He needs caffeine. But then, uh, and then he goes, he goes to the, uh, goes to the house. It's just, it's just him like walking through this mansion, just like, just like pointing at like the granite marble tops, like just run his hands over it. Chain smokers still playing. If anything, getting louder, you know, and then, and then, uh, he'll be on the balcony. That's when the drone goes out. That's when the drone goes out and the drone's just kind of panning around and, uh, and he's like, and he'll look up at the drone, like arms crossed, like keeping it real, you know, fresh out of TAFE, you know, and uh, and then they'll do the uh, they'll do the freaking it'll cut all the videos are the same. They'll cut from like aggressive freaking Avicii bangers playing while like the Mercs rolling down the street, you know, Sunny's on killing it to just then complete silence. And they're like, welcome to this beautiful three bedroom apartment in North Mossman with panoramic views. And, and walls that have to be seen to be believed, coupled with the granite kitchen tops, are why this house could be for you. Three bedrooms, three bathrooms, with a bathtub for relaxing after a long, hard day. Would you like to be within seven minutes of bus stops, shops, and local schools? This could be the house for you. And then just straight back to chain smokers again. Send the drone back up. We're panning out. Sunny's back on. More, more petroleum in the hair. More petroleum in the hair. And then, uh, <laughs> and then like just walking straight back out to the Mercedes. Dude, I, dude, there's no bloopers reel I'd love to see more than the real estate promo video bloopers reel. Like imagine like at the end of like the tape's still rolling and the, his dad comes over. And he's like, oh, what are you doing with my Mercedes? He's like, dad. You said I could fucking use it. Back off. And then like... 
I love it because like uh, you could you could tell that like this is what they thought real estate would be. Do you know what I mean? Like this is like sipping the coffees, just making like fucking four hundred commission on a phone call. In reality, you're showing scumbags like me two bedroom places for four hundred a week, and can I pay the bond? I can't. Yours to deal with, brother. Yours to deal with. But I love that. Uh, everyone wants to. Everyone wants to look like a baller, you know. And you know what's almost as cool as owning a cool home, being the guy who sells it to the people who can actually afford it, you know. But dude, real dude, real estate agents, do your thing, dude. These young real estate agents doing these fucking promo videos, and I've commented on a few of them, <laughs> on like Instagram and shit. I'm like, like it'd be like Jason, whoever, like real estate, and it'd be like some promo video where like. <laughs> Like the fucking music's playing and it's him like just, just like, like just strutting, just power strutting down the street. And I'll kind of be like, dude, Jason, this pad looks unreal. Totally killing it, bro. Keep it up. And I've had a couple of them like DM me being like, hey man, really appreciate the support. Let me know if you, if you need any, uh, need any help with any financial stuff. I'm like, for sure, man, for sure. Dude, that's the best. And I wish I had the balls to just put like fucking chain smokers over a video unironically. You know, I wish I had the balls to unironically stand there, arms crossed in a suit, in a house that I don't own, with fucking Avicii blasting. You know, just looking, looking heaps serious and being serious. Like I said, I can't be genuine. I struggle with it. I don't like being genuine. It doesn't come naturally to me. Uh, but I like being slippery. So yeah, but dude, those fucking videos crack me up. And, uh, and those guys, you know... They're always, uh, they're always the guys who you like, it's like, really? He's doing real estate? And then like, you click on their page and they're just like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I don't know why i uh, like, coffee is so cool. Like I fucking love coffee, but, um, like people will take like photos of them, like having like a latte, like it's a thing. It costs like three bucks, you know? But yeah, I can't, just can't be genuine. But fuck that, yeah, like, just sipping a coffee in a suit, that implies you have millions of dollars in the bank. Your purchase of this $3 item implies that there's another $999,997 in your bank account, you know? But but you pose with a coffee, everyone's like, dude, this guy's killing it. You pose with a Ferrari, they're like, poser, get out of here. What a world we live in. What a world we live in. But anyway, I want to talk about festivals. Because festivals are such a fun thing, and uh, last year I went to uh, I went to Falls Festival. I was kind of losing my mind a little bit, you know, uh, not in the best old headspace back when I went to Falls, but still had such a fun time. And it's a testament to the festival format how much fun I had. But I will say this: festivals are so cool, and every year this time of year, lineups are dropping, tickets are coming out. And people are so critical of the lineups, like, like, oh, like, <laughs> I love people, I, I put a status over this, like, people will comment on a lineup, like, Falls Festival lineup dropped today, and people will comment, I will not be going to this, and it's like, alright, guy from Tamworth, alright, guy who works in his dad's hardware shop in Tamworth, even though your dad owns the shop, you still get three days a week, alright, guy... Let me, let me see if Vampire Weekend still want to play, knowing that some fucking loser from Tamworth 
won't be buying a ticket. Also, you couldn't afford it. <laughs> you couldn't afford it. That's the main reason you're not going. And let's be honest, simple plan aren't playing, so you were never going to go. Like, oh, people are like, oh, this lineup leaves a lot to be desired. It's like, were you expecting 35, like, were you expecting your top personal 35 artists to play? If you like every third artist at a festival, like, really, like, enjoy their music, go. Because you know what you can do when the other artists are on? Do you know what you can do? Literally anything you fucking want. Okay? So, this whole thing of like, oh, this lineup's trash, is it? Or are you trash? I don't know. You know, I'm not a big Golden Features fan, but I saw them at Falls, and you know what? Pretty good. Pretty fucking good. And you know, if, if, if there was Axon that I didn't like, I was just, you know, being a human, drinking with my friends, having a good time, you know, slyly looking at those girls that were wearing nothing but glitter but not getting caught. I was being a gentleman. I was being a gentleman, okay? So everyone who's commenting on these festival lineups, look, to be honest, the fact that you're commenting, you're replying to no one, which is probably the most worrying thing. If, if you honestly comment on Facebook posts replying to no one, you just comment like your thoughts. Look, I'm sending someone around to your house just to check on you, bruh. Just to make sure you're all okay. So do you know what? If you're going to go, go. Enjoy it. Have a good time. Look at my shirt. I love fun. I love fun. But just because literally every single act isn't to your personal taste, grow up. It's a three-day festival, okay? You see 10 great acts, that's a great festival. And you're going to see some stuff you don't, you thought you didn't like, and guess what? Turns out they're great, and that's fine too. But I'll tell you where you're not going to see him. In your freaking, your second cousin's house party that he holds every year for New Year's. And it never really goes off, but it's always a safe bet that you can at least go there and kind of just be a weirdo in private. Why don't you go to Falls? Listen to Morat. She's the best. She's the fucking best, and you know what? You probably, you, you might not have listened to her. You might not have listened to her, and that's fine. But this whole thing of like, oh, Falls drops the ball yet again. Well, they're a, you know, they, they've been going for years and years. They make literally so much profit. But yeah, please tell me, please tell me guy who works at Target, please tell me how this company who works on this one thing all year this Falls Festival, all they do is work on Falls Festival. As soon as this one finishes, they're working on the next one. Please tell me how they fucked it up. You know? Grow up. Just grow up. Just go and have fun with your friends. Do you know what I mean? Dude, when I'm, when I'm freaking... If you're drinking Goon at 1pm in a tent, in a gazebo, sorry. You better bring a gazebo, I'll say that. In a gazebo with all your friends. You're not thinking about the freaking, the dynamics of the lineup and how many of the acts you actually enjoy. You're just enjoying yourself. And why do we have to critique everything now? Fun is fun. Get excited, you know? Rally your mates, have a good time. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it at all. So that's 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 what I think. I think, I think stop critiquing literally fucking everything and just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. We're doing fruit now? Dude, the wildest thing, I'll tell you what, this is wild. I have a friend, my age, who still watches Neighbours every night. Dude, how good is that? There's nothing better than when you're like, there was that sweet spot when you were like maybe, I want to say maybe 9 to 14 was probably where it was for me, where you're just, I've got to fix this. 
you're just so invested in neighbors. Like, it's like every single night, you're just like, no. What, like, Ringo kissed a different girl and you're just like rocked. You're just absolutely rocked. And then, like, they're like, tomorrow night on neighbors. And it's just like, dude, that was freaking, that was the narcotics of childhood when, like, they'd say, like, the next time on neighbors on a Friday, because the Friday, the Friday teaser was always a bit, bit spicier. So that they'd stay in your head over the weekend. You know, and you just see, like, they'd be like, next time on Neighbours, you'd see, like, Paul Robinson get out of a car. You haven't seen him in six months. You're like, oh, fuck yeah. What's going on here? You can watch it with mum and dad. Oh, what a show. Home and Away. No good. No good. Fun fact, I've been on Home and Away several times as a TV extra. Catch me walking through the restaurant. Catch me ordering some toast. Um, I actually was in a school formal scene and I think I was 22 at the time. Yeah, 22. Uh, yeah, uh, how old am I now? I'm 24. Maybe 21. 21, 22. But like the scene was like year 10 kids. Now that's... <laughs> dude, that's fucking embarrassing. Oh my God. I don't know why. Yeah, but that was... It was freaking... Im- it was That was embarrassing. Like there was genuine 16 year olds there. I was like, is this legal that I'm like working with them right now? But that was fun, actually. I actually got paired up. It was like a formal scene, and we were like, so all the guys and girls, oh, that's right. All the guys and girls had to dance with each other. And there was, some of these girls were so hot. It was unreal. And uh, the girl I got paired up with was like 17 and attractive, extremely attractive. And we ended up like texting and stuff after, actually. I was like, fuck, is this going to be like a fairy tale we met on the set of Home and Away? Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, no, that didn't go anywhere. But still, uh, but anyway, I was talking to this girl throughout the day and she was really cool. And it, but it became clear to me that her brother was, um, like a pretty notorious Coke dealer because she was like, oh yeah, he, my brother, um, you know, he, he like has four houses, like two in one in Miami, one in LA, two here. And I'm like, oh, what does he do? And she goes, he runs a gym. And I go, just one gym. And she goes, yeah, just one gym. And I go, oh, okay. And then she goes, well, he used to. Uh, be a supervisor at the Ivy nightclub. Ivy's like this huge nightclub in Sydney, pretty much exclusively Lebanese men who love cocaine go there. And uh, and I was like, oh, okay, how long is he doing that? And she's like, oh, you know, a fair while. He used to run the VIP areas. And I go, oh, okay. And he's got four houses. Yep. And he used to run the VIP areas at Ivy nightclub. Yep. Okay. Your brother deals cocaine. And I'd say in fucking bricks, bricks of it. This guy would be throwing around that much cocaine he'd probably put it in a sack and throw it over his shoulder on his way to work every night so i don't know she was like yeah my brother's an entrepreneur he's a criminal okay he's a fucking criminal i didn't say that to her because i was i was 21 a little bit more worldly you know she was uh, 17 and uh i didn't mention that to her because it became clear that her and her brother were very close but yeah he was definitely a criminal and uh yeah but there was this fucking awesome bit on the home and away that day Basically, if you ever want to do TV extras work, I highly recommend it. It's not that regular. Like, you can't make a living off it or whatever. But if you got, you know, if you don't really... I was at uni at the time. And this is when I was I was doing comedy. I was uni. I was between jobs. I think I got... Man, anyway. Um, basically, money's sick. And you spend most of the day sitting around eating free food. Like, I remember one day I worked, I think, nine hours. And I was in... I was used for 15 minutes out of the nine hours. And the rest of the time, like, it's not boring because you just meet everyone there. 
And they're all pretty interesting because they're all as fucking useless as you. You know, TV extras, they're not a successful bunch. If you're in the TV industry and you're in the you're a TV extra, you're you basically you're basically not in the industry. And if you're a TV extra, that means you don't have regular work elsewhere. Okay? So everyone's sort of a bit part people. A lot of I met a lot of screenwriters who wanted like the experience, and I'm like, they're like, oh, I like to write fantasy. I'm like, what what is walking up and down in a straight line in the home and away cafe gonna teach you? You know, it's like oh onset experience. I don't know. Some people just don't want to do the thing they want to do. You know, actors are the worst for this. They're like, oh, I've just got a new agent. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the right role. It's not pilot season. It's like, just fucking do something. Just act in something. Actors are the only people where they can not act for like three years and still look you in the eye and tell you, I'm an actor. Okay. <laughs> okay. But anyway. So, they're doing this school formal thing, and uh, basically, they needed a kissing scene. Now, they said, the, this is the other thing with TV extras work. If the director gives you a line or a special direction, or yeah, you, you get a line out of nowhere, your money through the roof, okay? Like, you can get, you can make like two grand for a day for saying like one line. I remember one guy was on a, he was telling me he was on a KFC ad, and, uh, and he had a, all he had to do was like bite a zinger and say, delicious. And he got like $3,500. And then if they run the ad again past its contract, you get more money. It's an absolute racket if you're lucky enough. So, they needed a kissing scene. The director said, we need two people to kiss. And uh, there was this one girl who uh, was extremely weird. She was like, okay, quite, quite an obese girl, very unattractive. But a beautiful soul, I will say that. Very outgoing, very enthusiastic. Seemed to have sort of a passion for the stage, if you will. Literally, he goes, who wants to be in a kissing scene? Like, he hasn't even sold it yet, the director. He goes, who wants to be in a kissing scene? Bang, this chick's arm is straight up. I've never seen, like, I don't know if she threw javelin at sort of a state level, but her shoulder rocketed up. Now, this is quite awkward at this point because now the ugliest chick in the room has thrown her hand up. She's locked in because no one else wants to do it. You know? I'm here to make free money, not get embarrassed. So now, the ugliest chick in the room has put her hand up and said, I'm in for the kissing scene. So now it's up to the lads or all the blokes around the room. Someone's got to, you know, I mean, for a better term, take the bullet. You know, the dramatic bullet, as it were. You know, where all the world's a stage, whatever. And at this point, it's silence and the director starts kind of selling it more and more like it's only we do max two takes uh you'll get a lot more money um you know i'll go you can if you do this i'll you can go make out with that pippa chick whatever the hot chick's name is you can go make out with one of the actual actresses if you like i'll give you 50 bucks behind the back free buffet like and this went on for too long to be honest to spare this girl's feelings but then one absolute vessel of a man, a young man, probably, I don't know, 17, 18, he put his hand up and he said, yeah, I'll do it. And I could see in his eyes he didn't want to, but that he was just doing it, you know, to sort of spare this girl's feelings and, and sort of, yeah, take the bullet. And what a guy. What a fucking guy, man. I'll tell you what, he's the hero of this podcast. This bloke who fucking took this for, uh, I don't want to assign her a number that's 
discriminatory. I would never do that sort of thing. But she was a three. And uh, unfortunately for this young man as well, it wasn't enough that he um, basically, you know, it's, it's supposed to be like a year 10 formal kiss, you know, just little, that gentleman's peck, you know. What are you doing after this? I'd love to walk you home, meet your dad, look him in the eye, tell him what sort of man I am. Where's this going? Year 11's a big year. Are you in it with me or what? You know, that's what I thought the vibe was. This young girl, she's basically just thrown her tongue halfway down this bloke's esophagus, started freaking licking his stomach. And this guy's just holding on for dear life while he's getting absolutely molested by this uh, by this big woman. And, uh, you know, there was a sense of sacrifice in the room for sure. But, but that was a day where I just thought, fuck that, dude. I'm not doing that shit. So, and also, like, I was 21 because I couldn't grow a beard. I, you know, sort of snuck into this age bracket. But I thought, I don't want, I don't want them catching me kissing a 16-year-old on camera, you know, I don't, we don't know, is this footage being archived? I don't want to get me too 15 years from now, you know, so probably for the best, but that guy was an absolute soldier, I'll say that, but anyway, so to get, uh, there was two college games on at Arizona State while I was there, football games, now it was like, basically all the students sit in one section, and it's like wild, and then normal public patrons in another section, and Students all got free tickets. You just had to present your student ID to get to physically get the ticket. You had to go to like to the ticketing office. Everyone lines up like on the day of the game. So my mate Macca goes, mate, I'll I'll find someone who's not going to the game and we'll grab their ID for you. Perfect. Turns out everyone's going to the game and uh, the only ID Macca could get was uh, his mate um, Andy got uh, got a bloke he was living with. Only problem was the bloke was South Korean. His name was Don Young. Okay, now we have a bit of a problem here because I'm famously not Korean. And I've even auditioned for a few Korean roles in various sort of local theatre and didn't even come close. So we have a genuine problem here. So I get, but again, beggars can't be choosers. So I get the ID, I go, fuck it, Don Young. That's my middle name anyway, let's fucking do it, okay? Confidence is key. So we walk into the ticket booth. I've got my bucket hat. Uh, my hair wasn't that long back then, but uh, bucket hat, sunnies, like, and I'm just praying that I don't get pulled up on this. Like, it's a free ticket. I don't think it'll be too much of a hassle, but I'm getting pretty freaking nervous as we get through through to the line. And uh, I get right to the front, and, like, they're doing the thing that bouncers do, where they look at you, they look at the ID, they look back at you, and I'm going, I'm fucked. Oh, there's no way I'm getting this ticket. And, uh, so I get to the front, this American lady goes, go your ID, I go, yep, there you go. She looks at me, looks at the ID, she goes, uh, can you just take your hat and your sunnies off? I go, no worries at all. Take them off. Now, she goes, Don Young, is it? I said, that's me, Don Young. She said, do you have any other ID with Don Young on it? I said, I do not. She said, it's, so it's Don Young. And I go, I just nod. And then I look into her eyes and I just go, and I didn't say anything out loud. Mentally, I'm staring into her eyes. Mentally, I'm saying, balls in your court, love. Okay. You're going to fucking call me out in front of all these people. Say I'm not Don Young. I might be Don Young. You want to take that risk? You want to take that risk? You want to culturally appropriate Don Young in front of hundreds of other students? This is how campuses get shut down. I'm saying all this with my eyes. And she's looking back at me going like, I know you're not Don Young. I know you're not Don Young, you piece of shit, okay? Don Young's notorious around here. You couldn't hold a fucking candle to Don Don Young's fucking head. 
But I, and we, we literally stare at each other for about 30 seconds. And then at the end, she just gives me a look like, ugh, I just can't fucking be bothered anymore. And she goes, there's your ticket. Just get out of here. And it was the best day ever. We went to one of the, Don Young was up and about, I tell you. So we had this barbecue. I've had a few beers with lunch, thinking, how good is this? I'm going to see my favorite comedian, Andrew Schultz, on, on Sunday night at the Factory Theater. In the big room, baby. This guy, if you haven't seen, if you haven't checked out Andrew Schultz, if you like stand-up comedy, dude, this guy's like probably top five in the world right now. Like the level of his stand-up is just, oh, fucking unreal. And he's blowing up huge online all over the world. Anyway, this guy's a fucking man. Uh, I meet Pat at the, at the pub at uh, three o'clock, right? I, I'm meeting like five friends at the pub at three o'clock. Now, I don't live in the city. So I, you know, um, I get a lift out there. I'm 255 I'm at the pub ready to have a fantastic afternoon with my friends 345 rolls around I'm still sitting there by myself and what a long 45 minutes it was and this is a record for me I was ditched before we even met up this is a pre-ditching you know man I get ditched once a month these days I don't know what happened I used to I reckon I wasn't ditched between 2009 and 2015 but Maybe even longer, but yeah, 2019, I've been getting ditched left and right. But the worst thing was, it's a beautiful day at this pub. That's not the worst thing. But pub's packing out, you know, everyone's having a great time. I'm holding down this table of six by myself. The looks and the walk-bys I'm getting, oh my God, would rattle even the sternest man to his core. So what what, what basically was happening was uh, I just sat there by myself for 45 minutes sipping on a beer, sending out increasingly aggressive text messages, I might add. And uh, I've just never seen such disrespect. Fre- Freddie said he was... Uh, oh, no, Freddie, my friend, who was supposed to come, didn't even end up coming at all. So the other guys turned up at 3.45, which is too late, when you you said to meet up at 3. Because they all just live around the corner. You know, it's no big deal to them. It was like 45 minutes away from my house. Also, I respect them as humans, so maybe that was part of it. But anyway, so everyone else turns up 45 minutes late. Freddie texts me like two hours later saying, fuck it, I'm not even coming at all. So, see yourself, Fred. Uh, so then I'm trying to offload his ticket. We, we have a great afternoon on the beers, rock into this gig, just pretty much more or less blind as bats, having a great time. And uh, we, we go in, I know um, the guys who brought Andrew Schultz out, like the touring company. Like, not heaps well, but uh, they, they represent like Frenchie and a few of these guys. And so when me and Pat walk in to get our tickets, uh, firstly, Pat bought his ticket and had it sent to an email he no longer has access to. I don't know why this guy's got so many burner emails. He's a, he's a low-level civilian. You know, the FBI is not after him. But we finally get our tickets and the security guard says, comes up to Pat and goes, oh, hey, man, I've got three VIP wristbands for you. Well, like backstage wristbands. And me and Pat are like, fuck yeah, we do. Dude, how good is this? We get to go backstage. This is unreal. I can't wait. Turns out the security guard thought Pat was Frenchy. So Pat went back and the guy said, oh, no, dude, I thought I thought you were Frenchy. No, they're not for you at all. Like, go away. So it's like, oh, fuck. You know, and now we've got the pain of knowing we could have, you know, there was a world where we almost had them, you know. So whatever. We go in. I buy. I, we buy some T-shirts. Andrew Schultz is the fucking man. Can't wait to see him. I'm in the front row, beer in each hand, t-shirt over the shoulder going, this is fucking sick. Show's running so late, I, but I, I can't wait. I'm pumped. I'm fucking pumped. 
And uh, show was supposed to start seven thirty. It's like eight o'clock. Hadn't started. Phone rings. It's uh, it's it's big old uh, Josh Wade uh, of uh, for, former former big dog on the comedy scene himself. But he now he now tours acts and that sort of thing. He goes, mate, how drunk are you? I go, two beers, mate. I've had two beers. He goes, no, seriously, are you fucking drunk? Like, I need you to open the show, but you can't fuck this up for me. And to this day, it's the most aggressive way anyone's ever asked me for a favor. I think I can remember, you know? How about a, hey, buddy, how are you? What sort of what sort of mind frame are you in? Is this something you'd like to do, you know? Uh, but, you know, he knew he knew I was keen. But I said, I said, look, mate, keep in mind, I've had 12 beers. I can really not really even walk in a straight line, to be honest. I'm... I got, I got too drunk at the pub out of excitement. I got too pumped up for the show and uh, I'm absolutely hammered. But I go, mate, honestly, I've had two beers. Don't worry about it. I'll knock this out of the park. He goes, right, head backstage. You're on in like one minute. I go, fucking hell. I'm on. Next thing you know, I'm backstage. I'm meeting Andrew Schultz. I'm meeting, I'm meeting his guys, his opener, his other opener, I should say. And uh, I was like the host and then he had another opener and then he had him. I'm meeting these guys. I'm like 12, 12 beers deep. I'm like, holy fuck, how good is this? They're like, can you do like 12 minutes and then and then um, bring his opener on? I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. But in my head, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm in a bit of trouble here. Like, I cannot, I'm way too drunk for this, you know? There's like 500 people out there. Billy D's had fucking 500 schooners. I'm in some trouble here, team. I'm in some trouble. I'm back. Also, I'm like meeting my hero. I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is great. He's like, he's like, hey man, like, thanks for doing this. I'm like, can we get a photo? He's like, what? I'm like, what? what? <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> you said something. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. No stress. Good to help you out. I'm freaking out. I go to the, uh, I go to the road manager, Zach. I go, Zach, how about a couple of Red Bulls back here, mate? A couple of Red Bulls. Keep in mind, I keep, I, I told everyone I've only had like one beer. This is all mental anxieties at this point. I go, Zach, let's get a couple of Red Bulls in here, mate. I always have a Red Bull before I go on stage. Bit of a ritual. He goes, oh, yeah, is that a big deal? I go, mate, I'm very, very particular about having my Red Bulls. In my head, I'm thinking, how many fucking Red Bulls do I have to skull to get back to some point of where I can remember who I am and what my jokes are, you know? I'm thinking, so now, now, like, they're like, all right, you're on in one minute. I'm sculling Red Bulls, just sculling them, going like, fucking hell. And, they're, and I'm like, this is not good. This is not good. I go, and, and also my voice is all croaky. And, uh, and I'm, I'll go, I'm, I go, fuck, this is, this is not good. This, but then part of me is like, fuck it, here we come, you know? So now, like, Andrew Schultz is like, go kill him. I'm like, thank you, Andrew Schultz. Uh, uh, Andrew Schultz, I will go kill them. I will go kill them, Andrew Schultz. And I'm like, and next thing you know, they're going, welcome to the stage, Billy Darcy. I'm walking out. 500 people out there, 12 beers under the belt, here we come. Here we fucking come. I couldn't believe it. And it went great. It went fucking great. I killed. I couldn't believe it. At one point, uh, I had like a testy pop on stage because my, my voice was so like hoarse. So I like, had a testy pop in front of 500 people, whatever. Laugh at me, laugh with me. It's all kosher, baby. It's all kosher. Caught a couple of riffs, you know. Man, but it was so fun. It was so fucking fun. And then, and then, and then afterwards, I came off stage. They were like, oh, good job, man. Pr- appreciate you helping out. I go, no worries, no worries. I go, if I can be completely candid. Uh, I've, I've had 13 beers. We totally got away with that, but thank you so much for having me. And, uh, oh man, it was great. I couldn't believe it. So cool. And then after his other opener, um, I got to like bring Andrew Schultz on stage. Like I was like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, like, you know, 
We fucking we all know him. We all love him. You know, from from all these podcasts and his stand up. I go welcome to Andrew, Andrew Short. And I'm like shaking his hair, going kill it. He's like thanks Billy, and he's walking out. Everyone's losing it. I'm fucking losing it. Ah, oh, dude. Yes. Fucking sick, dude. What a night. What a night. And uh, man, and the best part was while his opener was doing twenty minutes, I'm backstage with Andrew Schultz, like hanging out. We're just fucking kicking it, you know. We're chatting, love it. And now I'm I'm drunk again, but I'm I can enjoy it. So now I'm back to just being a drunk guy who's happy to be there. It was before I was stressing out. So good. So we 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 were hanging out and. Uh, and then I watched I watched his show, fucking unbelievable. Probably the best show I've ever seen live. Okay, firstly, I want to get around something. This is uh, my segment. Get around them. Get around it. I want to talk briefly about Avatar: The Last Airbender because it's back on Netflix and I fucking love it. It is the best show in existence, and I'm going to tell you why. Now, a lot of people, I've got both my, uh, two of my roommates onto this show already, and they didn't watch it as kids, okay? So if you don't know Avatar The Last Airbender, if you don't know what it is, you should probably just walk into the ocean, I think, because your childhood was no good, and it's probably too late to bring it back from here. But I will say this, dude, Avatar The Last Airbender is the fucking sickest show. I love it so much. If you don't know, it's about um, Aang who has to save the world from the fire nation. There's the four elements, fire, earth, air, and water. And uh, the avatar can bend all four. I'm not going to explain it because you should fucking know it. But it's back on Netflix. And it's just like, it just reminded me, I usually rewatch it every year, but I haven't, I didn't rewatch it last year, I don't think. And uh, it just reminded me, dude, this show is so fucking good. It's got everything you could ever want. Okay. It's like, like when I was watching it in year nine or whatever, or year eight, uh, like my dad was even into it. Like my dad was even like, this is fucking sick. That's how good this show is. Uh, so I want to just get around this show briefly. Fuck. It is so good. So basically it's got everything you could ever want. All right. Firstly, this is back when TV shows were actually TV shows. Not, not like season one. Yeah. It's a, it's a four episode series. Okay. That's what we call an afternoon of television. Are you doing a one-off afternoon event? Because that's what a four-episode season is. None of that shit with Avatar. It's like 22 episodes, three seasons. Okay? So good. The whole story arc across three seasons is just perfect. Like, each um, season ends on a huge episode or two-parter. And it's just fucking wild. And then... And then... Like, they just nailed it. They just nailed it. So, basically... Firstly, the base of the show is that there's all these people running around that can throw fucking fire and hurricanes and, like, tsunamis at other people. They've just got these powers. Fuck yeah, dude. That is so cool. And Aang can do it all. So Aang's got to save the... He's got to save the world. So you've already got that save the world. That's that's a pillar of a great show. You know, when you've got to save the world. That's always high stakes. So you've got high stakes. Now, what? let's raise those stakes even higher. He's trying to save the world with the love of his life, Katara. But that's okay because I bet in I bet in sort of episode three they get together. Nah, it's freaking sixty six episodes of Aang chasing this girl, chasing her heart, desperately trying to open up, but he just can't do it. And even when he does, something goes wrong, and she just sees him as a friend. And then oh my god, it's just ah, oh, it's a fucking roller coaster. It's a roller coaster of the heart. 
and uh, and then and then you know you've got you've got the comedic relief in Sarka. He can't bend. He uses a sword, extremely primitive. But he can't do any bending. But he makes up for it with his witty sarcasm. Okay, so we've got Aang, the all-powerful Avatar. We've got Katara, the love of his life. We've got sarcasm. Now the Fire Nation are trying to take over the world. What? The Fire Nation are trying to take over the whole world. And that they're kind of a Germany-type setup. Germany, 1940s, and that... Okay, my, my roommate's laughing through the door. Mate, get the fuck out of here. I'm talking about Avatar. Yep, just... Alright. That's actually Brad. I just got him onto Avatar. So that's that's proof. The proof is in the pudding right there. He's absolutely frothing it. So like I was saying, Germ- uh, Fire Nation, that's kind of a Germany-style st- setup in that... The Fire Nation's actually not that big, but they just go... So they're, they're like a small nation, but they go, the whole world? Yeah, we got this. They go, let, let us have a run at the entire planet, okay? Extremely ambitious from the firebenders, okay? But then again, I bet if you could fucking throw a fireball out of your goddamn palm, you'd probably be pretty confident as well, wouldn't you? You know? Imagine some guy tries to fuck with you at a pub, and you just go, I'm just gonna fucking... Unleash a volcano on this cunt in the beer garden. Dude. Yeah. I'd probably be taking over planets as well. Okay? So the Fire Nation's taken over. But but that's okay because why doesn't Aang just take all the time in the world to just become unbelievably powerful and then when he's just unstoppable he can just take on the uh, Fire Lord then. <laughs> Enter the time frame. Okay? Sozin's Comet is coming, and when this comet comes, it's like, basically like a second sun. The Fire Nation will become unbelievably powerful. They'll just become basically walking volcanoes, okay? And the war will be over at that point. The Fire Nation will be unstoppable. So Aang has literally, I think, a year and a half or something to just become unbeatable and take down a whole nation. What? What? Dude, Jesus, you know? And it's like, well, at least, you know, it's a new war. Maybe Aang can sort of get on top of them early. You know, the whole world's fighting back. No, the war's been going on for a hundred years. Aang's been passed out in an iceberg. They're about to win. It's it's the 90th minute. Aang, imagine waking up in the 90th minute of a soccer game. Your team's down 10-0 and they go, Billy, we need some goals, brother. Fuck. Dude, literally. I'm getting stressed out just talking about this. Oh my god, it's such a good show. It's just such a good show. Then he can turn into the Avatar... He turns Avatar state where it's all glowing. Dude, that's sick. That's basically like Nickelodeon Super Saiyan. That's what that shit is. And, uh... Mate, it's just the best show. You know, it's got love. It's got betrayal. It's got good. It's got evil. It's got humor. It's got, you know, great plot. It's got characters turning back and forth. You know, Zuko, the evil prince, is chasing them all over the world. I mean, well, he definitely stays evil the whole time. He definitely stays an enemy. Fuck no, he he turned good. He just turned good. Now he's helping the Avatar. Fuck. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Then there's that bitch Azula. Dude, Azula is a cold bitch, you know? I think I think they fucking discovered psychopathic tendencies in her. 
I think she's the basis of modern psychology because they were like, this bitch is out to lunch, all right? But, you know, you think, oh, you know, she's just another firebender. Nothing Aang can't handle. Wait a minute. She's throwing fucking lightning out of her fingers. What? What? (laughs) Dude. Lightning? I don't even want to. I mean, that's that's enough for me. That is enough for me. And then, um, it, the whole, the way they wrap it up, I mean, I'll spoil it because you should have all watched it by now. I won't spoil it, but fuck, it's just the best show ever. It's just the best show ever. You should all get around it. And you know what? It's wholesome as well. So, you know, you, you come off your weekend of being, a, being, you know, you think, oh man, you know, you've, you've maybe been, been dabbling on sort of the dark side of the force over the weekend, been, you know, out and about with your mates, being a bunch of weirdos. Then you go to work all day, you're just grinding out. You're like, I fucking hate this job. You know, so-and-so's a piece of shit, whatever this, whatever that. You know, you, you got no money, you're like, fuck this. You chuck on a good, wholesome program. Lifts your spirits, you know. Aang loves everyone, you know. Best way to live. And then Uncle Iroh's throwing in his wisdom, you know. he He's just dropping, like, freaking... He, he says, like, three words, and you're like, holy shit, I need to reevaluate my whole life. You know, this guy's wise as fuck. So it's, a, it's just such a good show. It's just such a good show. And it's wholesome. 25-minute episodes. Bang, 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 bang. You're in, you're out. And then in the end, you, by, by the time the show ends, you've just got to text a girl you love her. You just go, you just... Did I watch three episodes the other day? I texted this girl. I said, I know we've been on two dates, but I love you. And that's just how it is. So let's just be together forever, okay? Because I've... Oh, my God. What a show. What a show. It's got literally everything you could ever want. So if you're not already watching Avatar The Last Airbender, watch it, you know? It's going to put some wholesomeness into your summer. It's going to make you feel good. It's going to make you want to hug people. It's going to make you hate evil, but realize that there's good in everyone. And it's going to make you try and throw, freaking do some water bending in the shower. Don't feel ashamed, okay? Don't feel ashamed. We've all done it. We have all done it. But geez, it's good. It's very, very good. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, long-time listener, Jimmy. Love this guy. Uh, Jimmy sent this one in. Um, He got... How's this? So, uh, and I have seen a lot of carry-on on on Facebook around 21st. And you know what? Look, the culprit is mostly girls. I will say that. It's mostly girls. Um, But it's probably... It's it's carry-on that I sort of get around. I absolutely love 21st. 21st are the backbone of this nation. Okay, 21st speeches are just the best shit ever. I fucking love them. I'm always the guy at the back just howling his head off. Like, I laugh so loud. I think some there's been a couple of times where people think I'm like taking the piss out of them. But not at all. I, I literally just think 21st speeches are fucking hilarious. And I've seen some rogue ones over the years. But Jimmy, um, Jimmy got this invite from this girl. He went to her 20th uh, in August. A month later... Gets an invite to her 21st, which is in August next year. So she sent out the invite for her 21st 11 months in advance. Right? 11 months in advance. And Jimmy sent in saying, what do I think about that? Do I think it's too early? Yeah. It's way too early. Okay? And and, and he sent me a screenshot. She was like, um, with he saved the date. This is what I'm thinking for themes but I'll let you know closer. You know, I haven't decided anything just yet. 
well, fuck, keep me in the loop. I was about to head down to the store and grab, grab a fucking outfit before time ran out, you know? I've only got 11 months to get some stupid costume together. Jesus Christ. And it's, it's a level of, of not self, not, I wouldn't say it's selfishness, but just self thinking about yourself. I guess it's, I guess it's selfishness. I don't know. It's just like this chick clearly is just wakes up and then till the moment she goes to sleep, it's just me, 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 me. Imagine being so, you've thought about yourself so much to the point where you, you go, fuck it. It's time to send out the 21st invites. I need everyone. I need to be on everyone's mind all the time. It's way too early. Um, this chick's obviously crazy. Uh, would I go to the 21st? Yes. Okay. Because girls 21st are always fucking awesome. I've been to some crackers. Guys 21st can sometimes descend into just anarchy. If there's too many blokes and not enough girls, then it can just be completely like just turned into some sort of an apocalyptic situation. But girls 21st are always really good. They're always a lot nicer. I think parents are a lot more willing to, you know, girls want a nice 21st. Like they'll spend the money on like nice table scenes and, and the, you know, the free alcohol will be nice. Guys 21st is just, you know, 10 free cases of beer. Let's hope no one gets stabbed. So absolutely go to the 21st. Um, maybe steer clear. I wouldn't fall in love with this girl. Whatever you do, Jimmy, don't do that because she is crazy. And uh, she will be breaking a few hearts over the next few years, I would imagine. And uh, and I'll tell you what would be great. I'll tell you what you should do next time you see her. Just every time you see her until the 21st, just ask her to remind you about the date. She's like, oh, whatever her name is, Emily. I saw something about your 21st the other day. What was the date again? What was the date? I'd just be asking her that every time I see her for the next 11 months. And hopefully she wraps her head around the fact how how fucking dumb it is <laughs> to have it 11 months out. I'll tell you what I'd also do. If I had a birthday around that time, I'd wait until two months out, put my 21st on the same day as hers, invite everyone from that party, and then be like, oh shit, I had no idea yours was on that day. Oh, sorry, babe. Early call's a good call. Fuck. <laughs> That's what I'd do. But yeah, I had, a, I had a great 21st. I had a great 21st. And uh, one of my mates, um, one of my mates, Nathan, got like apocalyptically drunk. This is what I'm saying about blokes 21st. Blokes get too excited in packs. And uh, he went up and did a speech. I did a speech at his. He did a speech at mine. And uh, Jesus Christ, his speech at my one was aggressive. I had a lot of family there and uh, there were genuine moments of uh, uncomfortability. But also, that's what it's all about, I reckon. But a couple of the best 21st uh, moments I've ever seen, um, while we're on the topic, oh, there's some good ones. I've got a couple of stories up my sleeve. I'm trying to think of some others, maybe. Two that come to mind. So... Two that come to mind, uh, one was a girl's 21st. Now, girl's 21st are great. They're a lot nicer, and this one was nice. It was a really nice bar. Um, her dad is quite well quite well off. It was open bar. Man, they were, he was putting up a fair bit of cash, I would assume. So the girl, the girl, it's the girl's 21st. Her best friend goes up, and I would describe her speech as a bullet point list of every guy the birthday girl had fucked over the last four or five years. Was it in poor taste? Yeah, it was. Because a lot of the blokes were in the fucking room, weren't they? And uh, 
Like, you just saw the smile on the dad's face slowly get wiped off. And it was pretty uncomfortable. At one point, she said, um, the girl giving the speech, she worked in hospitality. She said, I have a rule. If I've worked in a bar with them, Emma's been in a bed with them. And we're all like, keep in mind, this girl had worked at heaps of bars. So we were like, Jesus Christ. You need to chill out, okay? You can't just get up in front of this chick's family and call her a whore for 10 minutes. That's not how birthdays should be celebrated. And uh, it was extremely uncomfortable. Part of me was laughing. I will be candid. But me and my mate Macca were there and we were... Part of us was laughing, but part of us was like, Jesus Christ, oof. Oof, I don't know about this. <laughs> and uh, you better believe the dad shut down the bar tab immediately after that speech. Literally immediately after the speech. So uh, that was a very not subtle signal that he did not enjoy what had just happened. And I totally get it. I totally get it. Another one, uh, we were at our mate's 21st and he has a, a long-term girlfriend. She's phenomenal, great girl. Uh, we all love her. And um, so a few years ago, I don't really hang around um, this bloke anymore. He's a legend as well. And um, when our mate, our mate Sam was giving a speech and we were gene him up before and we go, mate, Mate, the more fucked up, the better. Get weird up there, brother. Get weird up there. And he's like, yeah, boys. Boys, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm gonna... Yeah, sounds good, mate. So he starts telling a story of this bloke um, fucking hooking up with this chick in a in a, in a a portaloo at a festival the year before. He wasn't with his current girlfriend at the time, but the girl he hooked up with was at the party. It was, and, and yes, he used her real name. It was extremely uncomfortable again. I don't know where these people thought graphic sex details were on the table, but it was extremely uncomfortable to the point where the girlfriend of the birthday boy ran out of the room crying, right? Our mate's up there, stops his speech, watches her run out in complete tears. Silence has taken the room. He's got his piece of paper there. He looks at her run out. As soon as she's left the room in tears, he goes, anyway, where was I? And keeps going with the fucking speech. Wild. Literally wild. We could add you at that one. I did feel bad for the girl. Like obviously, you don't want to see anyone upset, but we were cackling at how oblivious our mate was giving the speech. Oh my god, that fucking cracked me up. Oh yeah, this is this is funny. So how's this? A mate of mine works with this insurance company. How's this? A bloke at his work wore a KKK outfit for Halloween to the office. You cannot make this shit up. You cannot make this shit up. Now, apparently the guy is half black. So I don't know. I don't know if that changes anything. Probably not. I don't think there's really, I don't think there's much of a context where you can wear a KKK outfit. And, well, actually, I'm half black. So that's a free pass. <laughs> but um, so then he got in trouble with the HR department. And my mate who works there is Blog Jake. He's like, Bill, can you believe it, mate? Uh, mate, Damo got done for the KKK outfit. I was pissing myself, mate. Can you believe it? What what the hell's going on? And I go, no, I can totally believe it. I can I, I can't believe he wasn't pulled up immediately on entry. You can't wear a KKK outfit to a corporate office job. Okay, you just can't do it. It's like like how low is your bar for for what's acceptable? <laughs> Dude, I can't believe it. I uh, I tried to uh, I tried to set up an internment camp in the uh, in the lunchroom and uh, HR pulled me up on it. Couldn't believe it. I tried to uh, <laughs> I tried to hold an anti-Jew rally in the uh, in the break room and uh, HR just kicked up a fuss. 2019, mate. When will it end? When will it end? 
you know? <laughs> I wish I could have been there when the HR called him in and, it, and this guy goes in, the KKK guy goes, I think it was the next day they pulled him up. So he didn't have it on and they go, obviously, uh, Damo, mate, uh, we're going to give you a formal warning for what happened yesterday. And he's like, uh, oh, is this about me borrowing Jenny's pens without asking? No, no, no. Oh, is this about, um, is this about me not CCing in uh, the boss on communications throughout the office? No, it's not about that. Uh, okay, okay. Is it because I ate uh, Jim's lunch the other day? No, it's not about that either. Um, Damo, it's actually about you wearing a KKK outfit yesterday. And, he, and he's like, no. Really? Are you sure it's not about the pens? No, it's definitely not about the pens, Damo. It's definitely not about the pens, okay? You should stop stealing the pens, but also that's that's a separate thing, okay? Wow, so the KKK outfit. Okay, anything in particular about it uh, that wasn't acceptable? Pretty much all of it, Damo, pretty much all of it. Um, we know you're half black and uh, and look, nah, it's still a no from us. It's still a no from us. Um, as you know, we're a very diverse office and uh, look, I don't want to sort of pile on, but obviously you did you did try and start that internment camp the other week in the break rooms and this sort of feels like more of the same if we're being honest. So it's going to be a formal warning. It's going to be a formal warning and uh, and I would say just as a general rule, just stay away from... Uh, from sort of stuff that's uh, involved with racial hatred, if you can, if you can. Hey, we want everyone to be themselves here. We do. We really do. And we love the energy you bring to the office. But I feel like the KKK, I think it was, I think it was, uh, I think it was, uh, you know, came from a good place, but missed the mark just slightly, just missed the mark. And I was like, okay, well, I feel completely blindsided by this. Um, I'm really, I'm really not sure what, uh, Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, thanks for the heads up, guys. All you can do is your best. All you can do is your best. Yeah, hey, Damon, that's why we love you, mate. You're always doing your best. This was a miss, but we know we're looking forward to what you're going to do next year for Halloween, hey? Hey? Let's stay away from the Nazi stuff, though. Okay. No Nazi stuff. No Nazi stuff. No worries. And, and I would love to see Damo just walking out, like, just shaking his head, like, Phew. didn't see that coming. <laughs> so good. The The... <laughs> Dude, the, the best part isn't the fact that he wore the KKK outfit. The best part is the fact that he was surprised when he got in trouble. Where do you even get a KKK outfit? He must have made it himself. Dude, imagine him at home sewing these white sheets together going, Oh, the lads are going to love this. <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. Every office needs that bloke. Every office needs that bloke. Just the bloke where, you, like, just to make everyone look better. You know, it's like, yeah, well, my report was a day late, but at least I'm not a Nazi. So good. I don't know if, I think, my mate Jacob works there, was like, but he's half black, he could still wear it. I go, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I tell you what, you'd want to be, uh, you'd want to be uh, in pretty well with the company to pull off a KKK outfit. That's a hate. HR would have a field day with that. Apparently, it's all the it was all the uh, my mate did say it was all the white people in the office that were blowing up about it. Man, these fucking whites! I tell you what, can't have any fun anymore around white people. That's for sure, dude. That's so funny. That just cracks me up. So this couple of things happened today. Firstly, a beautiful love has come back into my life. 
we haven't connected for a few years and just to just to ha- have her back uh unbelievable i'm talking about nutrigrain been eating some nutrigrain recently holy shit it's good i've been so wheat bix oriented for the last few years i completely forgot that kellogg's kellogg's been doing some mighty fine work for quite some time over there okay and nutrigrain's great because you can just just you can eat it like they eat in dragon ball z just speed with the with the spoon is that probably not the best sound but um dude nutrigrain's great and and, and but here's where nutrigrain's been failing and this is where they've lost people like me who've been like love nutrigrain but i fell off the wagon you know and it's because nutrigrain is sponsoring the wrong people like i walk down the cereal aisle i turn on my left brett lee's there on a wheat bix thing and he's giving me that eye contact that says bill Get some freaking wheat bix India. Be a champion. Be a winner. You know? And I and literally I can hear Brett Lee on the cardboard. I go, you're right, Brett Lee, your hair's fantastic. You've you've gone from bleach blonde to beautiful brunette, and you look just as good. And I can feel that on the cardboard, you know? Elise Perry's on a thing. They, they had Tim Cale for years. Um uh not Lane Beachley. Ah, uh, Steph Gilmore. I had Steph Gilmore for years on there. And it's like icons absolute icons of their respective sports freaking hell I'm, you know I'm, I'm sure if shane warne wasn't you know smoking smoking like a freaking like a chimney and cheating on his wife like it was a sport i'm sure they would have had him on there too you know because they got great they got great ambassadors you know they're running the marathons brett lee's there giving the fat kids medals at the wheat bix triathlons yeah you came 700th but just pose for this photo okay yeah the race finished two hours ago but just let me get this photo real quick. Cash this million dollar check, sanitarium, till I fucking die. That's why you eat Weet-Bix. It's beautiful. It fuels you up. Did I eat Weet-Bix? I had but a wall. And then I, I freaking, I fill the wall. I mix up some, uh, what is it? Ah, God, this coming back to me, not, never having done a trade. Canvas. Ah, uh, God damn it. Stuff you, I mix up some Weet-Bix and cement fill the hole in the wall, ready to do it all again tomorrow, you know, have six wheat picks, headbutt the wall, six wheat picks in another bucket, stir it up into a paste, harder than yesterday, you know, next day, I do it all again, that's how winning gets done, the best thing about wheat picks is like, it aligned with stuff I sucked at, but it made me feel like a winner, like I'd, I'd freaking hoe into seven wheat picks, grab the surfboard, straight down the beach, I'm going, Steph, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, Steph Gilmore, you know, picture myself tucking into a barrel. Then next thing you know, it's freaking... It, the wind picks up down at Manly Beach. It's five, six foot. I'm out there. I'm scared. There's 16-year-olds dropping in on me. About to drown, you know? Freaking wait out there for two hours till the surf dies down. Paddle in through the rip like a coward. But wheat picks made me think I could do it. Fuck, surfing's hard. But, uh, but yeah, so I want to talk about Nutrigrain. Where they've gone wrong is they're still sponsoring freaking... Iron men and iron women. Like, it's not a sport. I'm sorry. But it's just not a sport. Like, it's like, it's this guy paddles the hardest. He paddles harder than you. Like, think about the hardest person you paddle. The hardest person, the person who paddles the hardest. This guy on the Nutrigrain thing paddles harder. Don't worry about his name. You've never heard of him. He's got 700 Instagram followers and he wears a tank top, even though he's a bloke. You know, this guy, this guy's rocking sports bras like it's going out of fashion. There's, re- there's really no need for them to be wearing those sports bras, the Ironmen, by the way. 
And it's like, and they're always, they're never a personality. It's like, oh, how'd you win the, uh, the big paddle off in the Iron Man contest? Well, you know, I just, um, I just did heaps of fucking paddling before this. Just paddled and kept paddling, paddled real hard, uh, paddled hard in hard seas. And, uh, then when I came to the paddling here, I just was ready to paddle. You know what I mean? And it's like, wow, I cannot believe this sport is not more popular. Still televised on Channel 9. Not sure why. Not sure why. You know, it's a, it's a, tough, it's a tough world. You know, when you want to be... You're a young comedian. You dream of one day having your own TV show. You go, fuck. I've got to come up with a, with a real entertaining concept to entertain the Australian people. And then you, you think, ah, oh, maybe one day I'll get there with enough talent, enough hard work, and enough funniness I could get there. And then you turn on freaking 9 Gem midday on a Saturday and watch some bloke in a sports bra paddle through the whitewash, you're like, what the f- is this how friggin' low the bar is for television? And it's just like, it's, I, I don't know, it's, I don't know how you made the beach uncool, but you did it, Iron Man, you really did. And that's why people are falling off the Nutrigrain brand. Because you got freaking, I don't know, Kurt, who gives a fuck, posing next to a paddleboard, not even a surfboard, he's on his knees for Christ's sake. It's like get something, somebody who, who's the best of the world with a ball, something involving a ball, put them on top of a freaking, a freaking Nutrigrain box, sell some, you know, sell some cereal, my friends, sell some cereal. I think Kellogg's, they've got, uh, they've got lazy because they've got so many different, um, different, you know, they've got Special K, they've got Fruit Loops, I think they've got Cocoa Pops. Let's be honest, Cocoa Pops is absolutely carrying that company. There's no doubt in my mind. And uh, whereas Weet-Bix, Sanitarium's all in, you know, they're going, it's, I mean, up and go is only going to get us so far, but we're really all in on the, on the Bix here. So, so Nutrigrain sorted out. Way too long, way too long, yeah, and I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone, cause these people got me fucked up, yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's telling me, don't you wait too long, wait too long, oh, 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 oh.